Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game List, a show about our game of the year, one month at a time. My name is Jake, aka Jake Twitchin, and I'm joined as always by Colleen underscore, aka Colin. What's up, dude? Underscore. Oh my um, god. What's up, dude? How are you? Did you miss my <laughs> terrible openings? I do. I I, yeah, a little bit. I it's have. been like five yeah. weeks since we recorded, which is long even for us. And again, it's been yeah. a while since we've actually spoken, so it's good to have you back on. Yeah. Uh, but we're not alone for our episode today. We are joined, once again, technically, by Captain Stubbs. Hey, man. That's me. What's yeah. up? Good to have you back on. We're, we're Thank calling you for you having in. me. Oh, we need you because Colin and I have dropped the ball. We we aren't playing some of the year's biggest games right now. We're playing a lot of them, but there there are some massive. It's not my gaps. fault, technically. It's definitely your fault, but uh, it's also my fault. <laughs> Neither of us are playing Baldur's Gate three, and you're playing well, un enough for the three of us. I'm only not playing it because it's not on PlayStation yet. Okay. Actually, True. you're right. I have three save files going right now. So one save oh. file for each of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? We're really doing it. We are making it happen over here. So really excited to... Um... Ooh, Ooh, I haven't look seen at you. Voltage in forever. <laughs> yeah, voltage is a fucking classic. By far the best Mountain Dew. Okay. You say that, but Baja, Baja Blast, Blast exists. exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I can't, I can't argue with that. We're on the same page. That's what I like to hear. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to go over. I mean, I usually start things off on like a pretty stringent schedule where I'm like, we're going to talk about this game first. But I like to kind of change it up once in a while and ask like what you guys are the most excited to talk about and instead of doing that today i'm just gonna let you guys lead off with uh we're recording this on august 22nd and two big things happened today one of them was gamescom which had some announcements and we'll get to them in the news section but you guys are hot off of doing a gameless reacts for destiny 2 so why don't we open the show with yep. some destiny 2 stuff and you guys can tell us all about um everything that destiny 2 announced today Within two minutes, ready? I'm just kidding. You guys have as much time as you want this time. We get at least four minutes. There's two of us. All right. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. We can four. split it up. I agree to these terms. Uh, so take it away. What's going on with the showcase? Yeah, Captain Stubbs, uh, you can go first, man. So many things. So much exciting news. They showed off a lot of what uh, to expect with Final Shape coming up uh, in February, which we're both very excited for. Very excited to see exactly what all that is going to be when we get our hands on it. But we're going inside the Traveler. And uh, that's where Cade's going to be, and that's where we have to fight the greatest threat that they've had in these 10 years of Destiny building itself up. We're going to be fighting the Witness in the Raid. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. And, and I think one of the biggest things for me from the showcase is the switch from seasons to what they're calling episodes, where instead of having four seasons per year, they're going to be having three episodes per year. So you have a little bit more time to get the quote-unquote seasonal content done there's going to be less of a rush and they have a little bit more of a chance to uh explain the stories they have a, they have you know more time to delve into the story they want to tell yeah. with each episode yeah interesting yeah it's it's um it's definitely they've just extended the seasons a little bit um and they made it sound like you could possibly do past seasonal stuff in the future like if you hop in the second episode, they make it sound like you could also do the stuff from the third episode and maybe get that season pass. Um, but that was not confirmed. The Halo Infinite, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I would like that. I think every game needs that because not everybody has time to do every season. Um, but it's uh, there's a lot of a lot of big things coming for Destiny. They're going to shake things up after the final shape, which is the capstone to their ten year storyline. Um, I'm very excited to just see the end. You know, um, there was there was a lot of speculation about a new subclass. There was not a new subclass revealed today, which in the end I'm okay with. I think it allows them to kind of hone in more on what's already there because when Strand was introduced, it did kind of mess with the balance of the game just a little bit. Um, Mm. But, you know, I I think Destiny is one of the best games ever made. Um, And it's a testament to itself that it's lasted this long. And I'm just excited to see where it goes. I, um, I want that collector's edition, even though I didn't play Destiny 1. God, I, yeah. I need to tell myself I don't want it because I don't need to spend the money. What is the, des- what is the collector's oh, edition? Why Destiny it's 1? A, it's a reenactment of the Destiny 1 tower, uh, which I have a lot of nostalgia oh. for. I've been playing I Destiny since launch D1. Yeah, and it's yeah. all it's coming with these three minifigures, and they talked about magnetic locks, and the tower lights up, and it seems to be yeah. a very interactive thing, not just a display piece, even though it is cool. also a very nice display piece. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, let me ask you guys a couple questions then. First off, this one's a little bit off topic, but do you think that that Halo, the Halo idea of being able to complete a battle pass at any point that Infinite adopted and that Destiny might adopt here, it sounds like they're insinuating, takes away from the like urgency to play their game as a service? Do you think that it's going to end up being like a thing that's popularly adopted or does it take something away? Like I think about it and I think about some of like the early like Apex skins that I have from like Battle Pass 2 that are kind of like a flex now because like you can't get these kind of things. And I think that's kind of some of the appeal of like get in there now or you're never going to be able to play a SpongeBob and Fall Guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I think what they're going for is after the final shape, they seem more interested in getting new players in. Um, they're more interested in finding their, I say finding their long-term community as as if they haven't been here for 10 years. But uh, I think it's less about the clout of having something and more about just making it accessible to everyone um, because it does cause a lot of, fatigue whenever you're forced to play each season repetitively just to unlock those things so like this season for instance i still bought it but i would have enjoyed it more if i wasn't so pressed to get the season pass done by x date um i i think sure i what you're saying yeah i agree um but there is you know destiny 2 has been out what seven years now six years now so there's still six years worth of stuff 2014 well that's destiny one i guess destiny one destiny two is 2017 i think so six years maybe i don't know but there's however many years worth of stuff that is already unobtainable so you still have that stuff that is you know clout worthy i guess but um it it relieves some of the pressure for people who can't play every day all season long which also helps that the they're just longer seasons now Yeah. yeah Uh, I think, I think it depends. I think destiny maybe is a little bit of a different case too, with the kind of game that it is that has that style of battle pass. Like, 
Yeah. Even even if sure. the battle like battle passes could be structured very differently for Destiny or not even have them at all, I would still come back and play regularly for whatever new content because a lot of times I'm there yeah. to play with my friends where I, I don't know, cosmetics they fall in a slightly different category, it feels like compared to something like a Fortnite, right? Where like that mm -hmm. is the the singular way you kind of express yourself in those games where Destiny you have your subclass and your you know all the different builds and there's it's so much single more way to be monetized too. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Uh, the other question that I have is, and I'm not trying to poop on Destiny's big day over here, even though you guys <laughs> know that I love doing that. But uh, the last two expansions ago was one of the best received Destiny Witch expansions Queen. ever, correct? Yeah. Which Queen yeah. was adored. And then Lightfall came out uh, late last year and not so much. So... Uh, Here's my question is like if you look at like development cycle for games, the likelihood of this being the final Destiny 2 thing uh, is high, right? With this new. No, no, not no. high. It's not high. the ending of an era. The, the, the verbiage that we've heard is that the final shape will be the last battle between light and dark. Okay, yeah, it so, is the conclusion of the light and dark saga, but they've already confirmed Destiny 2 will live for years to come. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, like, okay, well, if this one's crap, and well, if this last one was crap, but well, crap is, you know, I'm being harsh. Yeah, if watch the your last mouth. one was subpar, <laughs> and if this next one is subpar, is it because that they have sort of adopted a skeleton crew and people are dividing their time between this and whatever is next? If it's a big overhaul, if it's a big step, or if it's a Destiny three or a Destiny reboot or a standalone yeah, free to play conversion I mean or something like that. You can already kind of say that because they have Marathon that they're working on and they oh, have true. another game that they're working on, uh, rumored to be working on. So you can already say that those games are taking away from what Destiny could be. Um, yeah. And the Sony I, acquisition. I know Sony pulled some of their staff in to help look at Sto Sony's live yeah. service, uh, you know, That's live service right. options. Yeah. And, they and so, yeah, their team's right? all over uh, the place. Yeah, they were involved with like the feedback that led to layoffs the last and of delay faction. of Last of Us. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild times over at Bungie. Yeah, it's um, Bungie's become bigger than I think they ever expected to be. So they have a lot of different things going on, and the fact that they have been putting out, you know, four seasons of year of four seasons a year of still quality content. Destiny is not as bad as people make it out to be. It's just you get that community and that community complains about everything. It happens yeah, in every echo game. chamber for sure. Exactly. It happens in every game. You just have to learn to filter out the bad apples of the community yeah. and then appreciate the game how it is. And nobody I love the hates, game. Nobody hates Destiny like Destiny fans. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But don't let a non-Destiny fan hate Destiny because we will end you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we all hate hate black all the fucking time. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, cool. So exciting stuff, and I'm sure we will have some um, lengthier Destiny conversations in the near future when you guys get like your new yep. season in the... When's the new season? Today. today. It launched today at 1 p.m. Eastern. So yeah. I have to give yeah. more than two minutes next episode, too? Yeah, about. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I'm then it's back. back to two minutes until the Destiny other launch, the Sacred Shape. The final so shape. close, so close. Nailed it first try. <laughs> Jake, do you remember whenever we uh, 
we talked about Lightfall and you were like, yeah, I'll actually, I'll get in in Lightfall. And then you never did. And then it made I you I think sad. I played like a couple weeks before Lightfall to see if it would like tickle my fancy. I did. I ran something with you. Like I gave yeah, it a Yeah, shake. you hopped in and played some stuff with me. Yeah, um, I played, I gave like Destiny four hours of my time in 2023 or in late 2022. And late 2022, yeah. I was like, eh, yeah, it's still fun to shoot stuff in Destiny. But once again, the same thing happened to me and I was overwhelmed by systems. I felt very behind. I couldn't access this content or that content. Which because I had some stuff and other stuff I didn't have. And it was just a fucking pain in my dick. Which it should be mentioned quickly before moving on. They're trying to remedy that by making changes to the difficulty systems and they're bringing back old missions and they're making sort of a the way they made it sound in this showcase it's going to be a playlist of story missions that's almost like a summary of all of destiny's story yeah um so you'll be able to play through all that and kind of stay caught get caught up on the story but also you don't have to worry about your light level being too low for things anymore because they are making changes to where you can just hop in and do almost anything in the game which i really like I'm going to present with you, I'm going to present to you a coupon, a, a virtual okay. coupon, okay? Think of this as like a pass, and it's, it's two hours of Jake's time to play Destiny with you with a $0 investment on either of our parts. And when you think the time is the best for Destiny to sell itself to me as it is worth my, not worth my time again, but worth my potential investment, or at least worth giving another shot i'm the guy like i should be like destiny is trying to get me you know what i mean like yeah. i play fortnite yeah. play apex i've got hundreds and i have thousands of hours of destiny in there and even still i feel so behind and so overwhelmed by its current state that it's not getting me and if they make changes that change that and you feel passionate about it redeem that coupon when you see fit i'll give it another shake because i should be they should be able to get me if they do it right yeah. and they haven't done it right yet and they've tried so that's that's the terrible note that i'll leave you guys on for destiny <laughs> on destiny's big day um but on a on a high note colin you played something that you're super passionate about this uh month that is hopping onto your titular game list and yeah. uh i need you to tell me a, a decent amount about oxen free two. yeah oxen free two uh well let's start with oxen free one how about that um, well, I have just the slide for you if you're watching the video. <laughs> so, uh, Oxenfree 1 is a... Oxenfree 1 and 2. They're both games made by Night School Studio. Um, mm -hmm. I always get Night School and Night Dive mixed up, but it's Night School. Um, they are narrative games. They're straight-up narratives, very similar vein to A Life is Strange almost, where you control your central character and you have dialogue with the people around you. And it's really just bespoke dialogue. It is something that you can see happening in real life, uh, but it hits you in the feels almost every time, you know, uh, you're on an Island in oxen free one and two. Um, and you have a radio and the radio tunes into weird frequencies and you open up a, uh, portal to another dimension. Uh, slight, slight spoilers here. No, no big spoilers for Oxenfree 2, but Oxenfree 1, maybe. You're, you've been warned it's been out for like seven years. But anyways, sure. Oxenfree 1, you're on an island with, you're a high school, your name's Alex, you're on an island with your friends. Uh, you're there for a, a bender. You're going to have a nice night, drink, party. 
Uh, and then on the island, there's this, if you go to a certain area and you tune into a certain frequency, it has a weird light show. Uh, so on, so forth, you open up a portal to, um, some very nefarious, sinister beings are on the other side and they want to take over the world pretty much. Um, so oxen free one ends. Do what? As one does. As one does. Yes. Oxenfree 1 ends in a time loop. You are stuck in a time loop that same night over and over again. You can play the game as many times as you want. Make different choices in dialogue, which there's always three choices in dialogue. Not always. Maybe there's less, but it's your like square, triangle, circle button, and you just choose the dialogue based on that. And the cool thing about the dialogue system in this game is you can interrupt other people um, and it feels very organic. It feels like a real conversation because lots of in conversation, just like here, when we're talking, we interrupt each other a lot. It's not something that we do purposefully every time, but it just happens in conversation. Conversation isn't a linear path. Normally things happen and break off and things go weird. So this game does a good job of allowing that in the game. You can interrupt other people. You can choose to not say anything for the entire game. Um, so the dialogue systems are very deep and it makes you feel like a real person with some real, uh, motivation in the world. So Oxenfree one, the story is wonderful. The characters are all very fleshed out and, and then you, you move on to played it right. And it holds up. Yes. Yes. I actually, so I replayed Oxenfree one directly before playing Oxenfree two. Uh, I recorded both of them for a playthrough on my YouTube channel, and they're coming out soon after our Resident Evil 5 playthrough comes out. YouTube.com uh, slash at Colleen underscore K-A-U-L-I-N-E. Yes, yeah, go check it out. Uh, our RE5 playthrough is really fun. Um, but yeah, so I played through Oxenfree 1, and then I proceeded to Oxenfree 2, which is a continuation of Oxenfree 1. It's set a little while after on another island uh, a little bit of ways from the island in the first game. And your job is to go put radio transmitters and observe what's going on in that other island. You can actually see on the cover art, you're looking out at an island and you can see something funky going on. Well, that other island that you're looking at is the island from the first game. So you know something went wrong in the island from the first game. And since your main protagonist from the first game is stuck in a time loop, you are kind of coming at an, from an outside point of view uh, with your other main character, Jacob. Jake, they call him Jake for short. Yeah. Um, Wrong name. Yeah, so you're chatting with him, exploring this island, trying to place the transceivers to solve whatever problem you may create. Um, and it's just the thing that wins me over in these games. One, I like horror games. They're a little spooky sometimes. This game can be a little weird. Um, it does amazing things with audio design and just cutting between different areas with, I guess, like a glitchy... I, I don't know how to call it, but you can see it on the screen if you're watching the video version right now, is the transitions that they're making between scenes in this trailer, they also do that in gameplay. And it, it, it really feels... It, it just has a mood that is untouchable by other games like i've not played a horror game with this much direction before um, Interesting. yeah so uh like i said the thing that really wins me over is just the dialogue in these games the characters they have real struggles in real life 
Um, they, they talk about their feelings. If you want them to, you can choose to ignore them and they just, you can block them out. You can be a dick to everyone and they won't talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm always the one that does like the emotional option to try to like dig deeper and see like, what is this person's deepest fear? You know, I'm such a good boy in video games. I mean, Stubbs, we'll absolutely get to how you align yourself in video games soon i'm sure as we <laughs> gate. but do you go uh paragon or vanguard bro are you a good boy I or a bad boy paragon I or renegade paragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh pa- paragon is always my like it's oh. the first playthrough i want to play it's the canon playthrough i want to yep. cement yeah. in my mind yep. um yeah, I, yeah of course you want to be the hero yeah and, and- when i talked about this on the last episode of game list or it came up recently, but there was some, I forget which developer was talking about, like how the industry has swerved away a little bit. Like mainstream games don't often have really clear cut, um, good or bad guy options anymore because when they looked at statistics of like gamers, it was like 80% of people were going good guy and only 20% were going bad guy. Yet they were putting 50% of the writing team on the bad side of things. And it just didn't make sense to them anymore. So they try to go gray. Well, and and the thing about this game is, if we look at Mass Effect, you've got Paragon or Renegade. Paragate, Paragon, you're a nice person. Renegade, you're just Renegade. a you're just a Renegade. You're just a unbelievable dickhead. Like yeah. you choose something, and it's just too extra. It's almost like too far out there. It's not something you would actually say. But in this game, if you want to be a dickhead. It's something that I would actually say if there was somebody I was pissed off at or something. It's not like outrageously mean, you know. Mm. It could be a little sarcastic, or it could just can you be think a little of like strange. a really. Can you think of like a, a verbatim quote from it at all? Like any like bad. Well, I I something, something super I don't, cutting. I can't because I picked all the good options because I don't. Like <laughs> yeah, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's the thing about this game is it makes the darker options feel more believable, and they're more. I'm more willing to pick those because they are something that I think I would say myself. Nice. So, Oxen yeah, Free Two and uh, the. the availability of this game is interesting this is a netflix video game correct so how did you play netflix i played on ps5 uh uh, but you can play it on but you just you purchase it on ps5 right it's just i purchased it on ps5 you can you can get on on playstation xbox pc or you can play for free on your phone through netflix that's super interesting can you play the first one for free via netflix too i think so i think because it wasn't netflix when it came out but it is become it is M6. now, yes. Also, it's on Switch. Sorry, I forgot that. Cool. Um, I think you can play both of these for free through Netflix on your phone, and they would be a good phone game. Like, it's not yeah. complex uh, controls or anything, and it's really just, like, matte painting backgrounds. So it's can nothing crazy. Netflix um, controller app popped up in, like, some regions, like, and there's no games that use it yet but there's some sort of functionality where you'll be able to open Netflix on your TV and then use your phone as the controller for I, an interface. I heard of that. Yeah. But really I have not, I'm curious how they'll implement that. Um, yeah, same. speaking of Netflix, can we talk about rebel moon real quick? 
Yeah, let's fucking do it, I guess, if you want to. It popped up at Gamescom I, I, today. Zack yeah. Snyder, who was introduced as, like, one of the most influential and visionary the directors developer. in the industry. I was Dude, like, Spielberg? I, thought, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Christopher Nolan? No, yeah, like, what is Nolan doing like, here? Please welcome the director of Zach Man Steiner. of Steel. I was like, oh, yeah. bro. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, so, I, I actually like the trailer of this movie. Um, I do have a couple notes written okay. down about it. Um, I think this movie was originally supposed to be a Star Wars movie, and then it got scrapped as Star Wars, so Zack Snyder adapted, adapted it into it, his yeah. own thing. Um, but the first thing that I have written down is they've already announced two parts to this movie. Part one coming out in December, and part two coming so out think, in like next May. I think it was like a Mission Impossible style where they they already shot yeah. they shot them as one movie at okay. the same time, or Lord of the Rings style, I guess. So it's okay. already it's already done two parts, one one production cycle, just a little longer than normal, and then one of them is complete and one of them still in post, and it'll be released okay. like five months later. Um. The other thing I have to say about this is when they showed this at Gamescom, you know, it the trailer plays and it cuts back to Jeff Keighley to talk. And Jeff Keighley said, and I quote, that looks insane. I cannot wait to play that game. <laughs> He's <laughs> about, too fucking game brain, bro. <laughs> about, about, about the trailer of a movie. And I had to write that down. I was like, what? That was a movie trailer. That wasn't a game. Do you um, recall the name of the studio that's doing the game tie-in for this there's a game tie-in yeah they announced it at the same time uh rebel moon it has a game and that's kind of how they wrapped it like uh some sort oh really of game yeah wait hold um, on was that what jeff Keeley was talking about then i don't think so because no, it was just it was the a, movie it was trailer. A misspeak because he was definitely okay. yeah yeah <laughs> i just misspoke. saw that and i was like I was like, yeah, we gotta bring this up. Jeff Keeley, come on, man. Friend of the show. Friend of the show making <laughs> Friend those of the big show, mistakes. Jeff Keeley. Never forget. Never forget that uh Jeff Keeley doesn't know it, but he executive produces game list and he That's true. co founded it, in fact. So That's do you know true. the story? Not really. We'll give it the short version. If you've listened to any game list episodes, it's happened before. Colin and I during yeah. the early pandemic stage met each other via a, a strange happening keely posted strange. something about like hey uh looking for fans of the game awards to join like a panel uh write an email to this email address and tell us what the game awards means to you and then like yeah. me colin and like a dozen other people all got selected to go on this little like fucking zoom call with keely yeah. in like may of 2020 you know what i mean like peak pandemic lockdown time oh, to talk shit. about like what would game awards look like during yeah. a pandemic like could we still pull this off what would you like to see what's important to you and that's how colin and i met and we were a part of like a dozen of these calls mm. that got sequentially bigger and bigger but he and i were in on the ground floor on the first one yep. and first um one. it ended up being a really cool thing where we were able to chat with like fucking phil spencer and gabe newell and uh <laughs> joseph other... ferris joseph ferris um, yeah no uh, shit tim tim cook is that no tim cook's the apple one tim sweeney tim sweeney from, from epic, epic. Mm -hmm. um troy Couple baker others. laura bailey yep um yep. Yeah. really wild so that's that also is. how i got to go to the game awards is because jeff reached out and said here's yeah. a free ticket if you want to come uh, yep um, okay so i knew it was a keely connection but i didn't know yeah the, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's cool. it's crazy yeah wild times um i will 
I will also likely be at the Game Awards um, this year. Um, oh yeah. I have a a pharmacy showcase that I have to go to in Anaheim for that entire week, and it ends Uh-oh. the day of the Game Awards. So I'll be in LA for a week, and I'll get to go to oh, the yeah. Game Awards again. December seventh, uh, yeah. I think they announced today is the day that's coming. Yep. Yep. Really cool. Those are always fun. Yeah. I will be streaming it live and looking for Colin in the. Crowd. Maybe you'll see me in the in the. <laughs> there was one single scene where I was in. You could see me in the crowd that year. I was like, I hope Jake sees me. I maybe. So funny. I don't know. Um, yeah. look, but anyways, a little ranting and raving over here. I played the Crew Motor Fest, and I'm red okay. fucking hot on it. I am yeah. obsessed with the Crew Motorfest, and I didn't expect to be. Um, they had a open, they had a closed beta that you could get in um, by just, you know, pre-ordering the game. But they also added the ability to jump in there via um, just going to their website and giving you their email or giving their email and signing up for it. So I got in and I got a couple invites to the Crew Motorfest beta and it was three days and it was a gigantic portion of the game. And what I experienced was one of the coolest intros to a racing game that I've ever played. Now, here's what you need to know. This is definitely just like the, the crew team played Forza Horizon and said our turn. And that's exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah, it's it works yeah. so the first thing to know about that is that that's cool for multiple reasons number one that's just a good format number two it's multi-platform so playstation 4 yeah. owners pc yeah. players i mean you can get force on pc as well but um have the opportunity to hop in here with crossplay and everything what's cool about the crew motor fest though is that i feel like it kind of takes things even further than forza is willing to because it pulls you off of their secluded island to do some like street races and enjoy some like different styles of racing and gameplay there are atvs off-road things there are are, uh are there, motorcycles uh, yep there's motorcycles and yeah. dirt bikes monster trucks there's supercars there's classic cars which i think is really interesting um they have this like when you start the game it does like i remember like fours of the one that had like the seasons did this intro that was really cool where they sort of like rolled you through like winter spring summer fall and it was like one long like 15 minute show piece race yeah Yeah. and this one does that but it does it with like the different themes of racing and the different cups so as you progress through the the story you start off doing like underground tuning stuff and it looks like a scene straight out of like need for speed underground and you're doing like track based racing drifting around fucking corners and it you know controls forza horizon ish somewhere between arcade and sim not extremely realistic but also you're not just like whipping around turns there's a driving line in the whole nine yards there you know slow in fast out that type of thing um it then transitions you to like straight up off-roading you're in like a four by four fucking mud and whatnot then it transitions you to like there's almost like a stepia tone filter to um the classic car mode you're playing in like a 1960s like convertible and it's kind of like slower easier racing around turns you know controls like a fucking boat um and it just brings you through all these different experiences that the crew offers you and it's such a stunning showpiece of like here's the different kind of racing you're gonna be doing in this game and each one feels so varied i was just like really blown away with the production value and how different everything feels Uh, felt there was uh, one race that I did later on in the beta where I was in like a 
super unique looking VW van going around the perimeter of like, I think it's Oahu or it's it's some uh, Hawaiian island. And they kind of bring you on like a 15 minute race around the perimeter of the whole thing while a guy narrates and tells you about all the different locations and some of the importance of like the you know, land masses in this area and this building was created here and there and just a really good time. Um, the game is doing something extremely interesting. Uh, do you guys have history with the crew at all? Have you either of you played either of them? Yeah, I've not. Yeah, I uh, I played a lot of the crew one. In fact, if you you hunt down and find my personal YouTube channel, some of my earliest videos will be of the crew one. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> plug it if you're willing. And then the uh, Captain Stubbs one. Uh, okay. And uh, the crew two let me down because vehicle customization, which is the question I have for you. Um, mm. was really tied to uh, random number generators and loot boxes. Uh, and and it just, it really turned me off. Like one of the reasons I come to vehicle games is I love tweaking the car and setting it to my specific things. I like racing to earn money and then buying the parts I want, not having to race over and over to maybe get the roll on this exhaust pipe that I want. So how does customization work in Motorfest? I'm going to let you down here because I did not dig into that at all. That is the part of racing games <laughs> that I don't really care. I just like to hit the right trigger and go fast and go around the turn and not mess up. Um, so I didn't dig into that. I'm more into buying a new car than I am tuning my existing car. And that's one of the things that scares me from sim racers like Forza and Gran Turismo of like, you need to get this car from an A class to like an SS class so that it can perform in this race. How do you want to do it? And I'm like, I don't know, better brakes. <laughs> like it, it really like fucks with me like i i don't know what i'm doing in that capacity but um what i will say is that if you've played the crew too you know about the way that they use the map right like the way that it kind of like zooms out this was a yeah. mind fuck to me like it was the coolest thing that i've ever seen at any point during the crew motor fest you can just hit the back button like you would normally do to open a map but instead of opening like a visual map and giving you an overlay it just takes your camera and just starts to zoom it out and it zooms out and gives you the entire island and shows you people racing in real time on that map so you could go all the way out search miles down the road and then zoom in on that road and fast travel to that location it was incredible that's tech. like um that's like uh oh god what was it called the motorcycle the one recently <laughs> no the other the other um it's like steep it was it was the the oh, other you're talking about Riders Republic. nice good yeah. pull yeah, yeah i think you're right i think you're right yeah yeah um really cool shit i love that map i thought it was a really nice touch um but again the variety was good but here's what i have to say to you if you're worried about this they are doing something that i think is fucking genius for their launch the crew motorfest is launching on september 14th 914 it comes out and on that very day for three days they are offering a free fucking trial for every system so on oh, launch wow. day along with the hype the game is basically free to play which i think is so cool it's a 70 dollars game at retail but you can hop in and for up to five hours on a platform of your choice you can hop in day and date with everybody and do some races so you can That's decide nice. for yourself if the crew is for you or not which i think is just like learn from this this is such a cool touch of like it's not exactly you're not just making your game free to play off the rip but you're giving everybody a chance especially with that new game hype on that day 
It'd be one thing to do it two weeks into the future or have that open beta, which they already did, but to do it day and yeah. day and to be able to get that little fix and be like, shit, I liked this and I'm at four and a half hours. I'm just going to hit buy and keep playing. I think is super smart, especially with what I played and the experience that I had. I was already ready to talk about this and tell you guys how much fun I had playing it via the beta in that. It was not really on my radar. It was something that I was interested in, but playing it for free is why I'm now sold on it. The fact that they're going yeah. to give everybody that opportunity once again, they announced this today at Gamescom to play it for free on launch day, I think is really good for them. And this game is going to be a lot more successful than it initially would have been without this uh, marketing plan. Yeah, that's really nice. That's really I mean, cool. I'm playing launch day then. I got to find yeah, out because sure. I mean, the crew has always felt good. And it was just it's mm -hmm. that aspect of and even if like if the <sighs> customization doesn't have to even be as deep as a sim racer, as long as it's not revolving around the randomness and loot box. Yeah, like, yeah, I think I think it'll thing. probably surprise and delight a decent amount of people. And I think the crew is on like that precipice of becoming a household name like the crew, too, was supported, man. Like we saw that game get little updates and it would pop up at every single Ubisoft plus for the last six years. You know what I mean? They saw, they do like the Ubisoft forward event and there would still be a, at least a fucking minute long spot of like the crew two's newest DLC. So I think yeah. they're, I think they're doing something right. And I think that this game is going to be um, a pretty big deal. And it's, I think it's launching at the right time too. Like it's this season's big racing game. There's when, no, when is it? When is it releasing? September 14th. It's like three weeks away. Oh, well, I mean, uh, Forza Motorsports releasing October. Oh, I shit. Think? You're right. October 10th yeah. for Forza proper. But it doesn't yeah. have totally like, different no need vibe, for speed. Though. It, it, yeah, it is yeah, totally yeah, different. Sure. It is totally different. Yeah. No need for speed. No Forza Horizon. No, like, arcadey racer. No, the, yeah. It's good to release yeah. this on a year that there's no Horizon for sure and no need uh, for speed. Absolutely. Going up yeah. against a Gran Turismo or a Forza proper, I think this thing still stands a chance. Like, you can just tell from, like, the key art of this game that this one is going to be uh, for yeah. the casuals. This is for the people that like to yep. go fast and have fucking underglow, you know? And don't like know me. the difference between a supercharger and a turbocharger. I certainly You're do. right, I don't. <laughs> so, it's going to be one, a good, good One game. makes you go fast That's and one a makes you podcast. go really fast. It depends on a different podcast, different podcast. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, but for this podcast, I really want to chew in. I want to ask you like a thousand questions, Stubbs. You've been playing Baldur's oh, Gate yeah. 3, which has massive fucking game of the year buzz going on right can now. I, can I say something real quick before yeah. we uh, let Captain Stubbs loose? Um, <laughs> sure. I, I counterpicked this on your... Uh, your fantasy draft what a foolish decision you made i, yeah. I know i i think both of my counter picks are going to be the worst counter picks in history it was this and bomb rush cyberpunk and uh um, man uh yeah. i don't know if you've looked at that lately i was so far ahead yeah you also haven't updated it i don't think you've looked at it much because i've gone in and just picked up every game that's been announced that seems whoa, like a whoa, good whoa. idea for fucking dirt cheap but hold on, hold on. <laughs> we agreed that we would do together that we wouldn't do it alone no way we yes, did we did you cheated dog you miserable man what the hell Real oh my off. god my you picked Oh my god, 
Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Super Mario RPG Remake, Mortal Kombat 1, Viewfinder, Alan Wake 2, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and Cocoon. What a <laughs> miserable person. We said we were going to do this together. Oh my god. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't you know. cheating bastard. I, I am so done. I believe you're still projected to fucking win for the record. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm done for. Everything's been going great on the <laughs> fantasy draft. All right, Stubbs, tell me about the first thing that I want to know about Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah, is your main character? Tell me everything about them. All right. So as mentioned earlier, I have three save files going right now. Mm-hmm. I have a three slash four person save file. That is the one I'm furthest in. We just hit level nine last night. The level cap is 12, so we're a good chunk of the way uh, through the levels of the game, at least. Although I know for a fact there's a lot more than is necessary to you could hit level 12 well before the end of the game. I know that for a fact Um, because I have friends who have beaten the game already. Absolute madmen. I don't know how they fucking did it. Uh, I'm playing with uh, in that one. I'm playing one of the origin characters. I'm playing Shadowheart right there on screen. My girl, my wife. Shadowheart, Cleric of Shar. Oh my god, the things that oh, yeah. happened last night in act. I don't want to talk about specifics, right? Because there's uh, you it's it's beyond worth experiencing for yourself. Let, let's let me back up. Have either of you played a tabletop role-playing game before? Yeah. Yeah. I played I've the original of... two Baldur's Gate games in Icewind Dale when I was a kid. Okay. All right. I've I've had a couple long DD sessions. All right. This game captures the essence of what D&D does, where yeah. everything is so ambiguous, everything is so fluid, and there is so much variety to your choice that it's almost painful to have to play the game because it's like, well, what would have happened if I went this way? Or what would have happened if right. I used this person to have this conversation? Or what would have happened? And, and that's why I have three different save files because I want, I have to see all these different permutations. There's so, and it's so granular. There are a thousand things in every part of the map that could go a hundred different ways. It feels like there's a lot of nudity in the game too. A lot, nice. of, a lot of aggressive nudity in some of those sex scenes. Like way more than I thought there was going to be. <laughs> Um, so I'm playing as, uh, the origin character in the, for this file, uh, in a two person file, I'm playing as a drow rogue and, and on a solo file, I'm playing as a, uh, wood elf paladin. Uh, I feel like it's, that's a good mix. I'm playing the cleric just has some crazy magic. Now that I've hit level nine, there's the combat feels so good. They, there's so much variety to combat to the enemy variety what they have at their disposal because there's so much to pull from in D. I i run DD. i've been a gm for four or five years now and i can tell nice. you the amount of variety <laughs> that, the, that the monster manual alone has and there's been book after book after book expanding the monster manual so larian has so many things to pull from to just give you different fight after different fight after different fight and then there's so many different ways you can build your party and your characters that you're equipped differently for every fight. Let's, uh, uh, again, no specifics here. One of the kind of early, well, not early, kind of kind of near end act one big bosses uh, <laughs> that we fought in our four-player group 
uh, as we're fighting this creature, we're level four, they're level five, which is pretty accurate for a D&D game. You're, you're either same level or maybe one level lower than the enemies you're fighting for a difficult to deadly encounter. Um, and like it was a bit of a slog. We No one went down throughout the, the fight, but like we were all low on health. We used like all of our spell slots uh, and, and things like were dire, but we got through it. Right. And then I went and did that fight on my solo file the other night. And the boss literally didn't move before he died. I, <laughs> wow. I walk in, I use a scroll of hold person with my paladin. He fails the save. It was a 45% chance to work and he failed his save to let it work. And then he continued to fail his save for three more turns after I cast cloud of daggers and witch bolt on him and just damaged him. The turn he finally would have been able to move. He died from 21 dagger damage from the cloud of dagger spell. And Every fight you can attack in a different way, even with the same exact party, just having different members come at the fight from different angles. Everything plays out so differently. Just the fact that roles are going to go differently. The AI chooses a different right. spell at one point than another. Yeah, the, like you can play the all the combats over and over and always have some kind of different permutation come out. The characters are written so well, it's it's insane you you love and hate these characters at the same time like lazel the gith yankee there in the the half plate armor in the center of the screen uh mm-hmm. screw her all right i as if <laughs> any, and anyone who is pl- <laughs> anyone who is playing the game heard me say that i'm playing Shadowheart, and they knew that i hate lazel <laughs> it's, it's a known factor um for multiple reasons and i've seen three different ways that the uh, relationship between Lazelle and Shadowheart can play out. And while the conclusions to those all may be similar, how they got there and the actual acts themselves were all wildly different. And it's crazy to me. And I'm sure I haven't even seen every permutation of how their relationship can play out. Right. right, right. So it, every time I pick up the controller to play Baldur's Gate, I know I'm going to hit at this point. If I'm playing a save that's behind the four player save, I know I'm going to see some stuff that I've seen, mm. but I know because I'm walking into that conversation as a paladin instead of a cleric, there's going to be options I didn't have before. And the conversation is going to be able to go places that it wasn't able to go because I'm a different character. You yeah. said when you pick up the controller, are you using a controller to play? I am. And I'm glad I mentioned that. I'm glad you asked because I am a person who played a lot of Divinity Original Sin 2 on sure. PlayStation with a controller. And okay. let me tell you, terrible time. Uh, really? Divinity oh, Original shit. Sin 2 is not great on controller. It's very tedious. It's really just the PC menu thrown onto a console. You're D-padding your way through these huge little boxes, inventories. It's it's just it's tedious and, and a struggle. Larian did what I thought was impossible and made competent, feeling good controller controls for a CRPG game. I have heard. not played a minute of this game with mouse and keyboard. I have played all yeah. hundred hours since 1.0 dropped, leaning back in my chair with a controller, and it feels wow. great. That's nice. no way. That's I've heard that it's really good on a controller, and that makes me really happy for the PlayStation release because that's yeah. how I'll be playing it. Yeah, it's absolutely. I've looked at the interface for this game, and I'm fucking terrified of it. Like <laughs> all the radial so wheels, so much happening. The wheels. I mean, I think I'm looking at the keyboard thing because I look at like the spell list, and it looks like my keyboard. Like there's so many yeah, things. That's okay. Well, let me let me assuage that. That slowly builds up. 
right? Like okay. when you start the game as a sp- and it and it depends on what kind of skill spellcaster you are too. Um, but when you start the game, even as a full blown one hundred percent spellcasting class, you have three, maybe four cantrips and maybe six level one spells. It's 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 very boiled down, and you slowly okay. add to that list as you level up. So even sure. I understand if you look at something that's level five, that can be overwhelming because there's like eighteen spells to choose from, and then you've got all the cantrips, and then all the other actions because all the armor you're wearing yeah. and it gets added mm-hmm. on top of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, at this point now that I'm level nine, I have one, two, three, four, five radial menus for actions and spells, and then another probably like five or six for scrolls and potions. Um, but Crazy. it's all it's. It sounds wild, but it's all actually maybe a little time consuming. But if you if you set it up well as you start off, then the radial menus fill themselves out in a very intelligent fashion. And it's all very well laid out. Like uh, there's basically two portions to the radial menu. There's like a left portion and a right portion. You can add or delete radials to each portion. And the left side of the radials are your actions and your spells. Anytime you get a new one, it's going to automatically fill in at the first left portion radial. And anytime you get a new potion or scroll, it's automatically going to fill in at the right portion of the radials. Um, and for me, so like the way I have my radials set up, starting at the the left portion is my regular action. So regular attack, regular ranged attack, and maybe the augments to my regular attack. And then as I go left, I get higher and higher level spells. So cantrips and first level spells, class actions in level two, level three, four, level five. So that as I get new things, whenever I add a new radial menu, that just winds up at the very far left and it's easy to add my highest level stuff down uh-huh. there and potions and scrolls i honestly don't touch they just auto fill in and whenever i need to look for one it's not that hard to kind of search nice. through what i'm looking for yeah it's it it really works out well once i figured out how the radial menus automatically fill in and just kind of augmented how i laid out to complement the automatic Crazy. have you uh have you played any co-op oh uh oh, not yeah. split screen but um how is it online fine we we really haven't had it i think maybe the first night or two we had a few but i if i remember reading an article right larian was telling their it team to expect like a hundred thousand concurrent players yeah. on last weekend and it, hit <laughs> and it was like eight 000. times uh, yeah, yeah crazy so um, i love the but success yeah, since launch weekend like nothing it's been really stable that's all no awesome. issues so good so good. I know Preston's complaining about some performance issues, but he only has like a 1070 GPU, so he might be uh, just have, rig struggling. <laughs> have sure. you looked at the achievements on PC? I have not. I have really just let things kind of go as they come. Um, I haven't really looked up a lot of things unless I'm yeah. really stuck on a puzzle. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm a trophy hunter, so I'm curious how the achievements will be or how many playthroughs i would need to get everything so yeah oh there's definitely different endings absolutely like there's no yeah. way there's one true ending yeah. to this game yeah, that's so. that's what i assumed so um but yeah, i i really like and and we talked about alignments right like this game there it's so it's it's ambiguous a lot of your conversation choices are left up to how would you if if you are going to play this game with a custom character I beg you to think about who they actually are before you start playing. Sure. Yeah. Because like I said, this really does encapsulate that essence of D and D. So understanding who the character you are playing 
while you're playing Baldur's Gate is important because you're going to have to. And if they're if they're just you, if they're your personality, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand who that is and what those actions are going to be throughout the game, because. Yeah, yeah. Are you trying to say there's play. something wrong with my personality? You in particular, Colin, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, but everything's way more interconnected than it seems. I, I, I don't want to explain how. I don't want to you know, tell you how to look for webs where there may or may not be any. But there have been multiple times at this point where like, we do a thing with a person over here and the consequences of that action affect us somewhere else down the line. Uh, in ways we really didn't see coming. Fucking sick. That's nice. I like that. It's, it's just a really special game, guys. Uh, it's it's aside, only once in a generation. <laughs> aside from like dialogue writing, how's the actual story? So far, it's really good, but it's also it's in the same way that like a D and D campaign story is kind of stretched out and yeah. dropped bit by bit here and there. It's it's interesting and I'm, I'm along for the ride. I'm really curious to see, uh, you know, where it goes, but we're also learning about our own individual character stories in the, in our, in our four player group, everyone picked an origin character. So while we're progressing the main story, I'm progressing the story of my cleric and, uh, Chris is progressing the story of his wizard and Preston's progressing the story of his dark urge paladin. Wait, so you did make a new character or you picked a pre-made one? both i have i have my own characters okay. in a two-player and a solo group and in the four-player group i'm running a pre-made one okay okay gotcha so fucking cool yeah it definitely yeah. isn't isn't all about just that direct narrative of like go do story mission a and go do story mission b it's more about the random townsfolk person that you have a 20-minute conversation and interaction with that is the bulk of Baldur's gate 3 is what i understand it's like those yeah yeah it's the little things but, that make it not the not the big overarching story well, you know what's really funny to me is, like this game, I, we've I I've known about it for a while. You guys have known about it for a while, but um, I don't think it went really mainstream until they put out the video of them having sex with a bear. The bear like, sex I think was that a was good the, fucking. I think push. that was the catalyst that really brought it to the front and made people be like, "Oh, this game is interesting." So, yeah. um. Kyle Bossman put out a great episode of Delayed Input about Baldur's Gate 3 and being, like, uninterested in it. And then it was a combination of the the bear sex story and then the launch trailer for the game where he kind of went from... This game was on my radar a little bit to, oh, I understand what this game is. And it's, like, their thesis for that Baldur's Gate 3 trailer or, like, the the punchline of the trailer, if you will, is let the party begin, which is like a funny, like play on words where it's like, yeah, you're playing in a RPG party, but it's yeah. like, it's like the literal idea of like a party. Like it's not completely serious. It's not hardcore, just like medieval high fantasy shit. It is like how weird and wacky can things get within the, what can you do in the realm of possibility here? And the answer is you can do quite a fucking bit. It's really, really yeah. cool. And every time I see and, another gameplay clip, it's something new and interesting to me. Yeah. And the the ease with which the team, Larian, is able to go from those funny moments to the really serious moments with those same sure. characters, and it still has this, the emotional weight and impact that they want it to have. Having seen at least, like, 
both sides of the big outcome of one of the big things in act one now like i've, I've beat act one as, in two different playthroughs and we went quote unquote good one way and quote unquote bad the other yeah. way so I've, I've seen kind of both sides of that coin broadly speaking and the ability that the studio is able to have these same characters that i know you know their reactions from you know the process of of this uh, going through it is good and then going through it as bad and seeing the characters reactions a different way and, and the way they're able to handle both of those emotions with such seriousness like the comedy it's serious comedy which sounds weird but like they they make you laugh in a way that you aren't expecting a lot of times the, the situations yeah. like preston so preston playing a dark urge character he's literally fighting like an internal serial killer urge like that's the dark urge he is straight up an evil character in our party right? <laughs> basically um and one of the scenes with the dark urge like he meets a squirrel and like the internal monologue is like you feel the intense urge to kick it into a tree and he just murders the squirrel and then we continue on with our day <laughs> exactly jake <laughs> it's i um, those, it's those little moments yeah. of like that's what it just i i, I saw Go ahead. Oh. Okay, I saw two videos that sold me on this game. Um, they both involved rolling a nat 20 at just like a random skill check. Uh, one of them was a squirrel was being like a little dick, and they went to like kick the squirrel, and they rolled a nat 20, and they kicked it so hard the squirrel exploded uh, into just like a puff of blood. And then the other one was a dwarf approached like a big gate, and... They needed to get inside, so they rolled like a strength skill check, and the dwarf just went up and like punched the gate, and the entire thing just crumbled around him. Uh, it was like very, very comical things that were happening. That I'm like, I have to play this game. There are two things that I really want to talk about for this game, and I think one of them piggybacks off the comical thing, and I think we need to talk about this man, Sven, the guy who is the CEO, founder, director of this game, the CEO and founder of Larian Studios, but he's also a programmer, he's a director of this game, and a producer on this game. Like, he is Larian, and he is very much Baldur's Gate and Divinity. And this guy is a fucking wackadoo. <laughs> like, he's a wild oh, really? dude. If you ever, if you like Google image Swen V-I-N-C-K-E, I don't know how to do it. You'll see him in like fucking armor all the time and shit. He's always dressing up and he doesn't take things very seriously. He just seems like a really interesting boss and like all around uh, weird guy, which is, it just feels like his DNA is what's really like driving the team that is making this game to do things the way that he is like telling them to do things. Yeah. It seems really interesting. If you watch any of like the like round table discussions or panels where he's on them, um, he is fostering a really interesting work environment where it's like, it's like the least worried I've ever been about a video game company's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, goings-ons behind closed doors he seems like a wholesome <laughs> dude weirdo but like you know i don't know it's no fucking ubisoft you know yeah i mean Teams i'd rather have never. a weirdo than a offender you know agree um, agree um yeah. the other thing that i want to talk about is have you guys seen the sex speed runs yes i 
happens. I haven't it's watched just... them, but I've seen <laughs> the fucking progression of like the 15, 20 minute speed runs to like for a couple days it was like a four minute speed run to I think yesterday I got updated to like a two minute and sixteen second speed run of how fast can you get laid in Baldur's Gate <laughs> has been <laughs> wild to watch progress. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to see what other funny things happen in that. It was like, what other like things will they speed run towards objective wise? Yeah, I think they kind of. I've been avoiding almost everything uh, to do with that game just for spoiler reasons. I want to enjoy it when it comes out on PlayStation. Makes sense. Totally fair. Uh, One last thing. Let me share my favorite Nat twenty of any of my campaigns so far. Yeah. Uh, Preston is trying to get us into a camp. And they're not like wanting to let us in. So the guard at the gate for the camp says, oh, you want me to let you in? Why don't you pick up this shit? And it points to a literal pile of shit from one of the beasts at the feet of the guard and smear it across your face. And one of the options was an athletics check to throw the poop in the guard's face. And I rolled a nat 20. I've never been happier <laughs> than that 20 before in my life. <laughs> That's, That's pretty funny. good. Uh, I love that kind right. of stuff. Baldur's Gate 3 yeah. conversation will continue next month with some of Colin's escapades. We'll see how they stack up. It'll be pretty interesting. Hopefully. Love it. It's, it's going to be a busy month for games, so we'll see how many escapades I get up to. But Yeah. Well, hey, we're uh, we're about an hour into this podcast already. I think now is the time that we should talk about our sponsor. I'm just kidding. We don't have <laughs> we don't have a sponsor, but I do have to disclose that I didn't I didn't exactly pay money uh, for this next game. So I, I think it's proper for me to disclose that the code was supplied by the developer for Marble It Up Ultra, and I'm fucking red hot on this video game. Still, we talked about it last time, um, and I just want to like tell a, a little bit of a story like i my opinions on marble Up ultra remain the same um i think it is just a very fun video game that is somewhere between like marble madness and super monkey ball it is very much like a hey roll this ball to the objective solve the puzzle do the platforming that you need to do in order to get there do whatever it takes um and it is just so so fucking pure fun um the game is i think 25 or 30 bucks it is very simple when you look at it you get the idea immediately but in execution it's fucking flawless there's online multiplayer there's games that are more puzzle based there are some that are kind of like speed or racing based uh there's just a lot going on in this game it's um developed by i believe it's the marble collective is uh, the group of people that work on this game uh they worked together on the marble blast series back in the day and i played marble blast ultra um when i was younger on the xbox 360 it was one of the first big xbox live arcade games so when i saw that this game was available i checked it out during last month's segment we talked about the id at xbox fest where there was a bunch of playable demos and i saw this marble game and i was like oh that reminds me of marble blast ultra i gotta fucking try this out it's called marble it up ultra it's the spiritual successor made by a lot of the same team so i post my youtube video of me playing through this and i get a fucking comment from a man his name is mark fronmeyer i believe is how you pronounce his name i'm not positive on that uh, please forgive me if if he hears this and anybody else that knows if he hears this and I mispronounce it. What if I fuck up any of the uh, history of the Marble It Up Ultra team? But essentially what you need to know is that this guy, independent um, 
video game developer, took the time to watch my Marble It Up Ultra VOD of my stream and commented and said, thanks for playing the game. Uh, the mode that you were talking about, Gem Hunt, is available in the demo in multiplayer. So not only did this guy take the time oh, to nice. watch it, but he like actually paid attention to what I was talking about, clearly like knew my story, and then obviously I nickel and dimed him for a code for his video game. <laughs> <laughs> No, Naturally. no, no. But I reached out. I mean, here's the thing. For, like, it, it's a... I think it's a go-both-ways type of thing. Like, first off, this guy's a fucking legend. He developed... Um, Do you guys know Tribes? The Tribes games from back in the day? Like, oh, Tribes, yeah, Aerial yeah. Assaults and all that? Uh, Like, old first-person shooter jetpack combat games. Uh, He was a developer on those games and then went on to work on the Marble games and eventually Marble it up Ultra. So, um... He's, you know, a decently big name in the gaming industry, so I thought it was cool that he was taking the time to engage with a little old content creator like me. But, I mean, listen, it's an indie game. It's not the biggest thing in the world. The code didn't cost him anything out of pocket to give to me from that team, and I don't have no reach. You know, here I am talking about it on a podcast, disclosing all the right information. I posted it to my socials a couple times uh the vods are up on my youtube page and i posted on like tiktok and instagram just little clips of me having a good time with the game and it put up like i don't know between all of them like seven or eight thousand views that's not no eyes so i don't feel bad taking the code um but i think a really cool interaction for like a, a smaller content creator and marvel of ultra even if i didn't get that fucking code would have my seal of approval i've got a history with this type of shit if you like monkey ball you owe it to yourself check out marble it up ultra but it leads me into talking about a couple other similarly sized games. We can almost call them indie games in a certain way, uh, depending on how you quantify Tren. Tren is some of the coolest shit. Do you guys know anything about Tren? Yeah, it's uh, Media Molecule's new game, Within Dreams. Within Dreams. It's kind of, it's a little bit bittersweet because it's kind of a fucking swan song for Dreams. Dreams is kind of going into... Uh, thanks for playing mode. We'll see you later. You yeah. can still use our stuff, but the amount of the assets that you can use per game is changing. Um, but it's made within Dreams. It's not the first time Media Molecule has done this, but um, it was a small project that they did, I think, for like DreamsCon 2019, and then they since have been working on it to make it like a little standalone project, project within Dreams. It's essentially little toy cars, uh, little toy trains. Like, you guys know the ones that I'm talking about. If you're not watching the video version, it's the wooden train tracks that fit together like puzzle pieces that you can put together that you play with as a kid. The train cars yeah. are magnetic. Um, it plays with physics. It almost has, like, a little bit of, like, a... You ever done, like, a Trials game, either of you? Trials where you're yeah. kind of tilting yes. the bike left and right and maintaining your weight. It's got a little bit of that with the track. Like, you can't boost too hard around a corner or you'll tip it over. And then it's got some puzzle elements where you're turning on switches and levers and trying to navigate through the world um, while maintaining, like, your cargo balanced on your back. you got to do flips to fucking turn on some things. You have to maintain a speed and have this much cargo to get past this checkpoint. Uh, the game is ridiculous it's it is so so good like it's it's very impressive what they've accomplished within dreams which is something that you can say for so many different games made in dreams but you can tell that this game was made by an actual developer by the internal team that knows the system they have created something that very easily could have been a standalone title and i wish that it kind of was trapping it in dreams means only a very small yeah. set of people are ever going to experience it if there was just a way to publish that to the playstation store page for fucking free or for five bucks trend would be such a big hit on a digital marketplace with its own icon but like the rest of dreams uh too little too late unfortunately underappreciated and uh could have been so much more if it was properly handled by sony so fuck them 
really sad. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about is a game that's sneaking its way onto my game list. This is another really small game, but a really interesting one. This is Venba. Venba is... I, it's a tough game to explain. The best way that I can start talking about Venba is... Venba is a game that is an hour and a half long. I beat this yeah. game in like... 85 minutes um it is a narrative game first uh, almost almost just like a what do you call that like a, not a not a you're not even really making decisions just like a walking simulator i guess is you're not even walking like a, it's just like a point and click visual novel i guess visual, visual novel. novel yeah yeah, yeah um but with some light puzzle elements there's basically uh like 15 minutes of story and then you cook something and you cook something in a small like puzzle environment where you're kind of trial and erroring you're not going to die in this game you're not going to fail in this game you're just going to take some time to figure things out um it's got like a cool little mechanic for the cooking where you're trying to figure out the order in which to complete recipes and the recipes are written but it's in a old cookbook that's been damaged or like water stained or is missing like a page or is like you know a little bit shredded or something along those lines so you don't have a full view of what you're supposed to be doing in uh, the recipe so you're kind of like oh it's four grams of this and you're like is it that and they're like no that's not right and then you're like oh it must be four grams of this um so it's like very light puzzling this is an easy breezy video game especially for somebody yeah. like me who's not always great at puzzles um but where venba really shines is in its heart similar to like the way that i enjoyed chia this year which is still holding down the number two spot on my game list for the reason of it being such a fucking pleasure to play and being such a unique and wholesome experience venba is very much the same you can tell that this was directed by somebody who is likely the kid in this story and venba is the name of the mother in the story and it's a story of a immigrant indian family who moves to canada um the mother and father you, start off go ahead have you listened to the kind of funny episode with the like the director of this game yeah yeah i did yeah yeah so it really, is pretty really, much his story yeah 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 like semi semi autobiographical like a very similar situation yeah. that he lived through and yeah. um it is a very heartfelt story with the way that things like play out and it's not about food if that makes sense it's a story that is just wrapped around food food is the thing that binds this family together and it's everything from starting of like you know the kids at school make fun of like the home-cooked food that he brings to school from lunches and he doesn't want to bring that food because the people at school make fun of him for it and yeah. then even when he's at home the cultural difference of him kind of being um i guess americanized american uh, can canadians are still american right uh north sure. american continentally um, yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. uh like he wants pizza for dinner for like his special night where he gets to choose and they're like fucking pizza bro like you always know, get pizza why don't we try to eat this this is more of like a cultural tradition for us this is why you should enjoy it and it's about like a kid growing up and it takes place over the course of time and him coming to terms with um you know his family's traditions as much as his parents are coming to terms with uh you know cultural changes that are occurring in their son it's easier for him to exist uh as like a second generation immigrant than it is for them uh yeah. really fucking touching story made me cry on stream uh 
I can't recommend this enough. It's on Game Pass. If you just if you don't buy it on Game Pass, I think it's twenty bucks on a bunch of other platforms. Maybe even fifteen. It's cheap and it's fun and it's really cool. Like it's the kind of game yeah, I recommend it the same way that I recommend Before Your Eyes or What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, you should just play this when you're trying to like watch like a movie you know like instead of watching a movie play venba if you're looking to go play a gamer ass video game maybe venba's not for you if you're looking to just chill out and relax for some night and kill a couple hours grab venba and play it start to finish in one sitting i it's awesome it's it's gonna make my game of the year list for sure so much fun adored venba uh and especially on game pass baby let's go love to see that um i want to hand it back to you you have to tell us about Remnant 2. Oh, yeah. You want to know what the most gamer-ass video game I've played this year <laughs> is so far? <laughs> is it that is the Remnant answer? Remnant 2, baby. <laughs> I, I can't think of a game this year that has had me thinking about build variety, wanting to get loot done, going back to play uh, a world again to try and get a gun that I didn't get this one time, hunting for this piece of armor that's hidden out in the edges of the map where you vomit if you walk into the smoke. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Is there story? Sure. Could I tell you? No. So we're not going to talk about the story because <laughs> it's just as kind of convoluted as the first game, right? There's the root and it's infesting a lot of worlds throughout the multiverse, I guess, kind of. And you're just fighting the root in general. It's just an excuse to shoot some cool guns, get some fun loot, play with your buddies theory craft around builds there's so much build right here so much more than i thought there was going to be before launch we knew about the the five classes at launch was what challenger hunter uh medic uh gunslinger was an option if you pre-ordered and there's one more that i can't think of right now that was a starting class but there's i found like six more while playing the game there's an alchemist and there's summoner and there's one called Hmm. archon that gunfire games came out and said uh, okay so archon was found by data miners yeah that that was really cool i was gonna bring that up yeah and uh there was a whole swath of the community that was upset like oh these data miners always finding something without letting the community have a chance to find it naturally blah 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 and the dev came out and said oh no that class was designed to be data mined to be found there was no real other way to find it without data mining because hmm. in order to get the archon class you have to beat the game you have to get I'm not going to remember exactly the specifics, but you have to get one subclass to level 10, one subclass to level five. You have to be wearing three, three or four sets of specific armor that aren't from the same set. You have to have a particular uh, primary, uh, secondary and melee weapon equipped. And once you have all of that set up properly, your character is glitched. And literally you look like to everyone else you're playing with, like you've got glitches going all across your body, these red cubes with, static on them that's just like going back and forth all over you then you go to this one particular area of the map and they lead you through a secret door and that looks just like the back hallways of an office where and it's called like the back offices and it looks like the back and it's it's got like like this sapia tone where the entire camera is a little bit skewed and you have a limited time while you're in there to get the archon class um there was like no other way to naturally come across this class honestly (laughs) like of course it had to be data mined yeah it feels so good i if anyone has played remnant one and they're like yeah this is a cool system but it's a little too rough around the edges for me they spent all of the it feels like they spent all of the time between from the ashes and remnant two just taking the gameplay and polishing it with some of the finest sandpaper it's not perfect by any means but is the 
gameplay. I've been confused. It looks like it's a Souls-like, but it's a shooter. Like what's yes happening? Yes and no. I, I if you really want to simplify it, Dark Souls with guns. But uh, as a fan of these games, I think that is an e- extreme oversimplification, and it gives you a wrong idea of kind of what the moment. Well, maybe that gives you an idea of what the moment to moment gameplay kind of feels like. But that if that would give you some connotations about what the broader game is, that it really isn't. Um, it's not as punishing when you die as Dark Souls. When you die, you lose nothing. Okay. You don't drop any currency. You just respawn cool. at a respawn point. Um, it's it's way friendlier, I would say, because of that. There's difficulty levels. You're not stuck in one difficulty. Um, and please, if you're hearing this and haven't started the game, look at those difficulty levels as world tiers. Don't be the brave person who starts on one difficulty up because that's normal. That is not in this game. The first difficulty is normal for Remnant 2. It is normal, hard, veteran, apocalypse. You will fucking die in apocalypse. I swear to God. Uh, but I really I, I'm I, I I love the build variety. It's the thing I'm going to talk about the most. I, I started with the medic class. Uh, I got the medic class to 10. I picked up the handler as a subclass. You can switch out classes for free at any time. All you have to you have to have the uh, the piece of thing that lets you have that subclass. But it's not like some cost you got to pay or you got to do it outside of combat. You, it, well, I think as long as you're not in the moment shooting somebody, you can swap classes. Um, and there's so much variety to them and they're, they're very, they lean on each other in great ways. The summoner class automatically has this built in health regeneration that procs a lot of the stuff for the medic. They're very synergistic. Um, and then there's all the minor things, all the rings and the armor pieces that really round out your builds. And I, I know friends that have melee builds that could smash my damage output. But I could start a run as a medic and maybe never have to stop at a checkpoint or a bonfire to refill my relics because as I keep healing people, I recharge my own relics as a medic. And there's something about the comfort of playing in that play style that's really alluring to me. Everyone I've played with has had their own unique mix and match of the classes to fit what felt right for them. Yeah. Is it party of three? It's party of three, but I know for a fact there's a mod on PC that lets it go to party of 16. So let's, you know, what are we even talking about anymore? Oh, wow. <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah, like I said, the story is still weird, broken apart because it's these multiple planets that each kind of have their own story that's tied together more broadly by the root story. Um, it's not bad, but it's I don't come to Remnant for the story because the story is kind of broken and convoluted in that way. The gameplay is what I come to Remnant for. The loot is what I come to Remnant for. And that moment to moment gameplay is very satisfying. The loot is always very satisfying. And the things that I get to do within my build because of that loot is also very gratifying. It's like the perfect yeah. companion piece to Baldur's Gate, where Baldur's Gate is all about the dialogue and the story and everything that's happening <laughs> yeah. in the game. And then you have and all combat your, like, so rooting slow. And rooting. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. In Remnant, that's perfect. Sounds awesome. Yeah, so I, that- I really... I don't know. I look at it and I go, that's probably not for me, but another part of me hears you talk about it and it seems really fucking fun and that I would have a good time playing it, especially with friends. Yeah, if you have the group for it, this is a game where if you're on the fence, the first one came to Game Pass. The second one may not have launched on Game Pass, but if it sounds interested, but you're like, I want the friend group there, wait for that, what I'm sure is inevitable Game Pass drop. I sure. like I Next year, six months maybe, they'll drop it on Game Pass. Give it a go then. Um, because I... I and I've had a lot of fun playing some solo, but obviously the best moments of this game are when you're playing with your buddies. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Love it. Remnant 2, and it's going to make your game of the year list, yeah? Oh yeah, this is not going in. It's it's on the list now, and I really don't see it falling off. Fuck yeah. 
Um, something that's gonna pop up on mine for sure already is. We gotta dig in to Final Fantasy 16. Yep. Weird. I I got a lot to talk. I was gonna say like, okay, we've done all of like kind of the current stuff. I took a long time to beat Final Fantasy 16. As did I. And I went from being red hot on this game to being pretty hot on this game, but not as hot as I thought I was going to be. I will say that I was going bonkers for 16 in the first half of it. And I slowed down because the game stopped calling to me a little bit where I was just like, okay, I kind of get the idea. Like you end up in this flow of Final Fantasy 16 where it becomes very cookie cutter in the way that you play through it, where you're going to have a bunch of fucking cutscene that's super cool and then you're gonna get dumped into your little like hub area and you're gonna have the opportunity to do some side quests if you want to do them and if you don't you can continue with the main story quest but the main story quest is gonna be dry for an hour you're just kind of yep. doing like some little fetch quest or beating some fucking monster to save this town and then you're gonna go on a mission that actually feels like a final fantasy dungeon that's gonna have some actual story implications and then once you're done that you're gonna have cool cutscene and you're gonna dump back into your hub world and you're gonna start doing this again and it does that maybe two or three times too many throughout this game and i think it suffers because of it and i am starting with the negatives because i feel like on the last episode when we talked about what we have played so far we talked about all the positives and those positives stick and this game has some of the coolest moments that i've ever experienced in video games it has high highs and medium lows but the fact that it has any mediums or lows was surprising to me. And it's only via repetition. I feel like the game is like six hours too long and could have been pared down in a couple places. Colin, you have yeah. completed Final Fantasy as well. We're spoiler free right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I agree. I think um, it's a game of really high highs, like incredibly high highs. The boss yeah. fights in this game are like, the Maybe. best ever possibly just oh, yeah. in terms of production quality and scale um but then the times between those boss fights it gets kind of boring it, it's yeah. it's got some pretty low lows in my opinion and going and getting those high points directly returning to your base and just doing some boring side quests and some boring main quests for a while is, yeah. is tough. And and you play games differently than I do. I go and I do more often than not, I do all the side quests and all the main quests. Um so when you were stuck for an hour at a low point, I was stuck for three hours at a low point. Uh because the side quests are just as boring as those low points I did in the main Every quests. side quest in this game up until hour thirty probably. Like really? I, yeah. yeah, I did a ton of side quests until I started getting burnt out and realizing they're that they're fucking boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they boring. early on they work because the world building is really good, but at a certain point they run out of stories to tell in those side quests. Is how yeah. I felt. Subs, did you get a chance to play sixteen at all? Yeah, I've I've played a good bit of sixteen. I uh, I haven't beaten it yet. I have just met mid. Uh, got oh hell mid yeah, into camp. Yeah, mid's so, fucking rad. Uh, and I'm I'm starting to feel those low lows take effect when I when I do yeah. think about you know going back into play that time is like because those boss fights are some of the most amazing cinematic set pieces we've ever had For in video sure. gaming. Um, but yep. they contrast those regular moments so terribly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I want to find time to beat it before the end of the year. Um, and I hope I will. But I don't I, know even uh, if I do that it makes the list, honestly. Like, it's that's, it's it's fair. Yeah. It's a well, once again, it's it, a divisive game, I think, Final Fantasy wise. I think it's well received compared to 15. I think it's a step in the right direction, but it is another another odd one, if we're being honest. We haven't had really a traditional yeah. Final Fantasy since 13. Well, and, and I, I like how it was too. odd. I, I liked it. I, I have better thoughts of this game now that I've finished it than I did when I was halfway through it. Um, but again, it's I think it's pretty low on my top 10 right now. And because there's still 10 to 15 massive games that are coming out at the end of this year, I don't know if it will stay in my top 10. But I did love the game, um, but it does have really low lows at times. Um, yeah. I found yeah. myself like... Because it took me so long to beat when I I think we last recorded game list I was like this is like a number my number two game of the year if it keeps going the way that it's going and potentially could hit number one if it escalates and instead as I played through it every time I look at my list as I got closer to the end of the game it was kind of falling down a spot and then falling down a spot and then when I beat it I put it in a place and I was like I think I should drop it down another spot. Like, I, I think I like this game more than that. Um, so yeah. we'll see where it's at. And of course our, our lists are liquid and we keep you updated on them, but um, very interesting, but it just goes to like, I don't know. The narrative was like, not my final fantasy, which is always no, it's never anyone's fucking final fantasy unless it's 10 or seven. Like, yeah. but when you think yeah. about it, like if you look how things are received, like we're now pushing, like uh, has there been a universally acclaimed final fantasy since 10 the answer is like 12 no. is close 7 remake is close but truly seven remake 11 and 14 are outliers so. I know I know um, 13 too linear people didn't love the battle system people thought the story was weak uh, honestly like 13 2 or lightning returns I think are better received than Final Fantasy 13 proper a lot of times 15 obviously a bunch of idiots don't like it I think it's one yeah. of the best Final Fantasies ever made. I think it was a great uh, game. Yeah, it's so good. But uh, again, it's divisive. Like, we haven't had just, like, an overall winner in a really long time. But I think this game does a lot right. And I think the Yoshi P and his team have a lot to be proud of, for sure. Well, I think fucking Soken crushed it with the music in this game is second yeah. to none. Oh, baby. I, I, think it's, I think it's impossible to have an overall winner right now because of the way Final Fantasy is. It is a series that changes with each entry and with those changes you are appealing to a new section of the crowd so every time you change it you're going to be shifting away from part of your crowd but towards a different crowd so there's never going to be another final fantasy that everyone is perfectly happy with if they bring yeah. out a traditional turn-based one then the newer action fans are going to be pissed if they bring For out sure. another action one the traditional turn-based are going to be pissed so i feel i like don't think there will ever be a day when everyone's pleased with final fantasy again but as long as it keeps changing it's doing what final fantasy does best and that's evolving i would love formula. to see 17 go turn-based just because i feel like they have the opportunity to do it because of 15 and 16 proper both being action-based essentially seven remake pretty much being action based action as based, well yeah. even though it's got the like pausey menus with the atb system which i think is a great middle ground between the two of them but i think the reason 
um, that I think they should go turn based now is because like you're saying, Colin, like if you want action, you have the opportunity to either go play the last two, play seven remake, seven rebirth, or whatever the third seven game is, which would probably be launching around the same time ish as Final Fantasy 17 if we got this show on the fucking road and they're developing something behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it would be, I think it's high time. You know, we haven't had like a, well, let's just call it like a menu based battle system since 13. I think that's, I think that's part of the problem is they're making the games too big. The dev cycles are taking too long. They need mm. to trim it down, make a smaller game, a smaller turn-based game. Um, sure. Um, but also, if you are a Final Fantasy fan that likes turn-based games, just go play Octopath Traveler. It's out there. They yeah, made it for I mean, you. I was going to say, what if 17 came out and it was HD2D, you know? I think that would be fucking cool. Octopath I think people 3. would fucking riot, but I think it would be cool. Oh, they would, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. At that point, they just need to remaster the old ones in HD2D. Yeah. Um, sure. Let's blitz through a couple of the other things that we've been playing um, now that we're kind of out of, like, 2023 releases. Colin, you jumped into your third Battlefield in two months, Battlefield 2042. Yeah, yeah so I got the Platinum Why? on Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5. Um <laughs> So I was like, all right, let's play Battlefield 2042. And it's great, man. They've, uh, they, the one thing I will say about EA is if they put out a bad game, they fix it more often than not. They fixed the Battlefront games. They fixed Battlefield 1. They fixed Battlefield 5. And Battlefield 2042 just had its 2.0 map updates where they reworked maps. They brought back traditional classes where you got your assault, support, engineering, and medic. Um, I think, or Sniper, I don't know what they're called, but they brought back, like, the four traditional classes. Recon. Recon, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but uh, it's fun, man. It's got the uh, 64 versus 64 maps, which are super hectic, but I like that. Um, and then you can go back to the 32 v 32 if you want more traditional speed. Um, it's a good game. It, they've really brought they've done a great job of updating it and fixing the issues that people had with it at the start it's still got its issues but no game's perfect anymore um and it's fun i i want people to play it with me i'll take your word for it <laughs> it's good i it's a good i don't even like think i'm gonna find the time to try and redownload it battlefield has not passed the vibe check for me since battlefield 4 and it's sad because i want battlefield oh, to pass dude. the vibe check <laughs> i uh battlefield one might be my favorite battlefield uh how are we visiting <laughs> revisiting battlefield 5 it's also really good uh, and now Battlefield 2042 is good as well. Battlefield 1 is so good. It is my favorite. Battlefield, Battlefield. 1 is definitely the blimpiest of them all. It is. That may it's be gonna... my least favorite Battlefield. Oh, dude, you're missing out. <laughs> Redownload oh, it. I played a lot of it. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. I just good. remember blimps and horses from those trailers. I mean, like, oh, dude, the trying. blimps are so cool when they come crashing down. It's like you can see it from the entire map. It's, it's really cool. Limps are good at going down. I'll tell you that they are. They Maps are. are too big for the player count. <clears throat> anyway, nice. yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. Why are you playing Pokemon Go? Why is this in my stack here? Um, because because I've been so busy recently. I've really struggled to keep up with games on consoles. Um, so I was convinced to re-download Pokemon Go, and I'm having a great time at it. Um place where i work they there's like three poke stops right where i'm sitting so i can 
I have like three Pokestops in a gym, so I can just sit there and while I'm not doing anything productive, uh, play Pokemon Go. Um, I've been collecting Pokemon and trading them in and evolving them. It's been fun. I'm I'm catching up on some of the newer generations of Pokemon that I'm not familiar with. Um, it's You're a good cool game, guys. Uh, yeah. So I actually did a five star raid today. And I got a. Um, Did you do the get Mew and Mewtwo event? No, I didn't get. That uh, was that was too late. I was too late for that. Yeah. Um, I got the. Uh, oh, let's hold on. I'm, I'll show it on the camera. Um, oh, great. Yeah, the Xerneas. Xerneas, yeah, Pokemon X. Xerneas. Ah, Xerneas. That's a yeah. box legendary. Yeah. Yeah. So I I did a five star raid today and captured him. Um, Who? So it's it's really fun. I've I've had a good time with it and it's a good like um it's almost like a good idle game. I don't have to always be playing it. Um whenever I walk around it I get progression for exercising, so that's nice. Um, Are you going to buy a uh, Pokewalker, whatever the fuck they're called, the Pokémon Go Plus Plus, the little No. MacGuffin? thing that you put no, in your pocket you. no do i have probably spent about ten dollars <laughs> in this game though just buying it's like, good okay hear me out stuff. you're walking around you're doing your job and then you feel the pokemon plus plus go against your leg and you go and then you reach your hand discreetly into your pocket and you press the button and it catches whatever just you and then later on when you have time you look at your Pokemon Go app and you look at all the little notifications and you've got a bunch of extra Pokemon. Wait, what is this thing called again? <laughs> I believe it's the Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Or there's like there's the Pokemon Go Plus remember. and then the Pokemon Go Plus Plus just came out. Kids don't remember the Pokewalker though that came with Heart Gold I and Soul know. Silver. I still have mine. <laughs> It's fucking awesome, and it came in, like, the fucking fat box, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. 35 bucks shipped on Amazon, baby. Er, whoa, whoa, we're looking at different ones. Uh, the one oh. I'm looking at is 54 bucks. The Plus Plus is 54. Oh, Plus Plus. Okay, I was looking at the original one. 54 it is. It's 54. Wait, so what's the difference? Can you tell me? Uh, the Pokemon Go Plus Plus is the new one with the functionality that works with, like, I don't know. No. The so does it no. automatically catch them for me? I mean, if I you're can gonna just have press to, you're gonna have to do some, Pokemon. you're gonna have to do some research. But I think the idea is yes, it can, it can do Maybe that I'll without be you looking the at an plus interface. Plus, then. Take That's a look. Fifty-five dollar nice. DLC for your Pokemon Go game. Uh, uh, they, while you're ordering have... from the Pokemon Center, may I interest you in buying a Wiglet plush? Oh no! 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 I know would the picture you you're talking enjoy, about. You <laughs> would you do? This is going on YouTube. <laughs> would you enjoy a three and a quarter? No, it's a ten and a quarter inch Wiglet Pokey plush. I don't know what you're speaking of. Show well, me you want a dildo you, Pokemon? <laughs> if you yes. are a video Wait. Uh, podcast watcher, you can see right now. Oh. The Wiglet wow. Pokey Plush, $25 shipped, and you How can get that now. Get through, if you're not, uh, you production. should Google Wiglet Pokey Plush, W-I-G-L-E-T-T. -T. Oh Wait, do <laughs> I have phallic. a Wiglet in my Pokemon? In my Poke... In my bubble? Uh, did they add the Maybe. newest gen already? I don't I think don't so. Know. I don't think I don't so. Know. I think it's coming soon. I, I think that no was, might have been what they announced at the uh, Pokemon uh, Presents, wow. which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, Interesting. 
I want to talk just um, very briefly. I'm going to talk more about it when I've rolled credits, but I am like 25 hours deep. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I tried to pull up the image. And we it's just got flashed. It's fucking wiggling again. <laughs> Don't look. Don't look at my wiglet. Please respond. I showed you my wiglet. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, as you can imagine, as as one does. Um, I've played Xenoblade Chronicles 3. If you listen to this podcast, you know that it was my game of the year for last year. I adored it. I then dumped into Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it didn't really grab me, and I realized I should stop playing these games in backwards sequential order, and I held off quite a bit. Um, it felt bad paying $60 for a game that's been out for three years. That's a remake of a game that came out 10 years ago. But I defined, I decided to fucking bite the bullet. I was like, you know what? I'm obsessed with these, this fucking franchise at this point. I should own all three of them natively on the Switch. Let me get this thing. And I was just like, I'll just start and see how it grabs me. 20-something hours later, I am so hooked. I'm playing it for hours and hours every single night. And it is so fucking fun. And it holds up so well. Um, and I'm surprised at how little it changes from the original game. Because I've played that game in the last year or so for a few hours. Just uh, via Dolphin, via emulation. And the Definitive Edition just adds some quality of life stuff, but doesn't reinvent the wheel in any way. Um, really nice remaster and just so fucking good. I can't. One question, Jake. Yeah. As someone who bounced pretty hard off of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, mm-hmm. is it just not for me? It's or just should I Xenoblade try Chronicles three? 2 is the toughest sell. Is the I, toughest I bounced off sell. of 2 as well. Yeah, Xenoblade 2 is the toughest sell. It's the hardest one to hop in on. I think 3 is worth your time. It does things that are so fucking cool from a JRPG standpoint. I cannot sing the praises of this game's mechanics enough. I think that, like, A, it has a gripping opening, like, 3 hours. Like, if you commit if you commit to this game for 3 hours, you will commit to 40 hours, 50, 60, 70 hours, and completing it. Because the story is fascinating enough to get you invested in wanting to know what's next with these characters. But then the JRPG systems in that game are second to none. Every character that you start with of the six characters comes with its own class and you level that class up to level five or 10. And then there's a way to get that level up to upwards of fucking 20 as you play through. But as you go through the story and you meet new characters, and this is Xenoblade Chronicles three, which I don't have a thumbnail for. I'm talking over the Xenoblade one thumbnail. Um, you meet new characters and they become your guest party member. So your party Episodes, is always you messed up, dude. We're never going to get out of this conversation. <laughs> your party is always seven <laughs> is always seven people and they come with their own class, too. And the way that you gain levels and learn new classes for new characters is by fighting alongside characters using that class. So throughout the game, there's like 25 classes and each one comes attached with a brand new party member. So anytime a fucking character pops up in the story that's cool and has like a big sword, you're like, I'm gonna get that fucking sword and I'm gonna give it to my best girl. And like now she's wearing the fucking outfit and swinging that sword. It is so good. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is an all timer and truly a top five video games of all time for me. Like I adore it. Try it. Give it a go. All right. I think you should only try it when Jake gets back into Destiny. That should be the deal. (laughs) I'm Uh, making you a coupon. (laughs) A coupon. (laughs) Um, Last but not least, Colin, on your list, you've been playing Diablo still? You haven't bounced off this thing? Yeah, I've slowly been working through it. I still haven't finished the campaign yet. I I haven't played it since we last Um, talked about not playing it. 
it's um not hitting how I wanted it to, but hmm. a good game, just not hitting for me. I will complain. I bought the version that gave me the first season pass. Um, so I was like, okay, let's hop in. I'll do the season. And then after the season, if it's not for me, it's not for me. Um, I can't make a new character. You have to make a new character for the season. You can't. Yeah. We're always rolling progress a new character. The season. Yeah. My game crashes every time I do create a new character. I press a button to create a new character crashes and goes to the dashboard of my place on console five. on console. I cannot make a new character. It has happened 20 plus times every time i press create new character crashes that's straight to the dashboard yep um so i'm taking that as a sign that after i finish the campaign i probably will retire this game microsoft come get your chick yeah lilith of course (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right let's uh real quickly (laughs) run through our game of the year lists um because they're they're updated so, I am now rocking in 10th place. I threw Venba on there. 9th is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Humanity still at number 8. Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line at number 7. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy at number 6. Street Fighter 6 at number 5. Final Fantasy 16 at number 4. I'm going to drop that below Hogwarts Legacy, I think, in Street Fighter 6. I think I like Street Fighter 6 and Hogwarts Legacy more than Final Fantasy 16. I don't know. We'll get there. Um, third place, Xenoblade Future Redeemed, which is the DLC for three, which is a standalone game, which is fucking rad. Chia at number two, and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom at number one. Colin, run down your list for me. Yeah, so uh, number 10 is Final Fantasy 16. Number nine is Dredge. Number eight is Destiny 2 Lightfall. Number seven is Dead Island 2. Number six is Dead Space Remake. Number five is Resident Evil 4 remake. Number three, or sorry, four. I'm 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 lost on my numbers. Number four is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Number three is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Number two, new entry, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. And number one is Hogwarts Legacy. Hell yeah. So do you have your list uh, handy or do you want me to run through them for you? Oh, I got my list handy. Hell yeah. Number 10, Destiny 2 Lightfall. Number 9, Battlebit Remastered, uh, what you should be playing if you feel like playing Battlefield. Number 8, Boba, which uh, if you haven't heard of, made by Daniel Mullins. It was a game made by Daniel Mullins in a 48-hour game jam. It's an idle game. You can beat under an hour for free. It's on itch. And it is a game that left enough of an impression that there's a chance that one stays on the list by the end of the year. Nice. Fuck yeah. Um, number seven, Dredge. Number six, Cassette Beast. More people, please play that game. Uh, number five, Remnant 2. Number four, Hogwarts Legacy. Number three, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Number two, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And number one, Baldur's Gate 3. Nice. All right. Now, let's talk about why you guys are wrong not having Zelda at the top of your list. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. But I'm all I'm saying is you forgot how it feels to play Zelda. You forgot how it be, how it feels being in that sandbox and putting you know, things together. 
Oh, you know, you know what I haven't forgotten? Waiting for credits. <laughs> oh, truly, truly. You know what I haven't I forgotten? I haven't forgotten how magical it was to walk around Hogwarts for the first time, or how oh. amazed I was when I could walk to Hogsmeade from Hogwarts and I didn't have to fast travel there or load a different map. Uh, I wish cool. I could spoil things about Baldur's Gate. That's all I'm saying. It does cool things. It does cool things. But all right, all right, all right, all right. Until we start fighting, let's get into some news. Gamescom, baby, was today. Colin, what do you think Gamescom. about Gamescom? Yeah. Can I just, before we do anything, it needs to be mentioned at least once. I am so tired of the stupid trend of all these idiots rushing stage to spew nonsense dude keely was such a fucking professional he absolutely crushed that shit i was so he happy did, he did he was great. like on. he's like dude he did the fucking like angry gamer dad of like so so disappointing so disappointing i was like hell yeah dude like he did not skip a fucking beat he absolutely sidestepped that fool they barely got a word in nobody gave a fuck and he kept on going with the show it was yeah very very well done I, but yeah it just really stupid. pisses me off because it's they're gonna start closing up these things from outside visitors like it's they're also, gonna close it to where i'm not allowed in anymore it's also like so that's happened now at game it awards. wasn't at summer game fest it was at game awards last year right and now mm-hmm. onl and he's gonna have it locked the fuck down for game awards but yeah. it's just such an annoying like asterisk to have like obviously this would happen at the fucking game awards and not at the grammys or the oscars or the tonys yep. and i know we're not there yet but he's working on getting us there and we need to have the the little show-stopping shenanigans like that end it, 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 this guy has a history of it he actually rushed a news a german news broadcast a little while ago so this isn't his first time doing it um but it's just very annoying, and yeah. I never want to see that person's face again. So maybe you know maybe what? Won't as a point, be I didn't even, I didn't even know what that guy said until I read headlines. There's something about GTA well, Six. Good. I didn't read any of the headlines yet. I've yeah. been making content. It, it was like day, Bill Clinton wants GTA Six or something. Oh, uh, like was that? God. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I heard nothing. Like they did a great job cutting the mic and just like. That's good. Like they handled the yeah. situation to the best of their ability. For sure. It's just but, like, infuriating. It is. It is professional. Yep. Keely nailed it, though. Just I don't know. I don't want to say stop reporting on it, but like also the more exposure that person gets, the more worse it makes us look. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it also like feeds the person who wants to do it next because they're going to get just as much. We're perpetuating it by talking about it. So let's move on. That's the move. Yeah. Um, All right. The big reveal of the night basically was Little Nightmares 3. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how y'all, Captain Subs, how do you feel about Little Nightmares? I love Little Nightmares. It's one of those games that looks really good, is not for me, but I'm I'm glad exists. I know people love it, and I know that, I, like, you know, it's not a, a slot filled in by a lot of companies. It's a genre, that, that kind of horror platformer, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. weird. It's a slot that's niche. Um, So I'm really glad for those people that, you know, enjoy those games. This one I'm a little more attracted to being co-op, co-op. Like getting to play with a friend through something like that is much more attractive to me. I'm, I'm really actually kind of interested in this one. Yeah, I uh, I've done YouTube playthroughs for both of the first games, um, and I love these games. They're they're weird, they're freaky, and they're just kind of different. And they're they're never too long, which is great. Mm. Um, so co op of this is going to be really exciting. Which I will say, I didn't realize. Did Supermassive make the first two? I guess I would be the one to be able to answer that question. But um, I know I don't think so. that 
I don't think they did, but I I know it was always a Bandai Namco game. Um, so it looks like Little Nightmares. It has the developers listed as Supermassive, Tarsier Studios, and Alike Studios. None of those I've ever heard of, except for Supermassive. But this one was billed as just Supermassive. So I'm curious what's going on there. Maybe hmm. I'm just uninformed, but I'm very excited for this. I love these games that are weird and uh, a little freaky. So. It looks yeah. good. Cool little announcement and a perfect like out of left field thing for them to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And something like Gamescom. So happy to see it. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about was just a little bit of Mortal Kombat 1. We'll talk about Mortal Kombat 1 probably in earnest um, next time we record. It depends on when we record next. We've been kind of doing these like middle of the month things where game yeah. season hasn't been moving at a very rapid rate there's only been a few big drops every single time uh that's all going to change basically starting this week at the end of this week we get armored core oh, and yeah. it's like sea of stars and then it's Baldur's gate goes wide and starfield and we'll get into what's coming up in the next month soon um what we're going to do today uh, as well at the end of the episode is instead of just doing the remainder of august we're going to do august and all of september that way we've kind of done a little preview and at least given you a release date for everything that's coming out in between now up through the next time that we may record so that we won't miss any beats there um so we'll dig into some of those big release dates but mortal kombat 1 does come out um september 19th and even earlier if you pre-order the hook and 110 dollar version of the game which is such bullshit but nonetheless they showed off uh their last big reveals i feel like this is the last time on a main stage for mortal kombat 1 until they do like a big dlc reveal at the game awards or some shit like that but for the base game we saw shao khan general shao who has a drastic redesign he's got big fucking horns now and shit his mask is almost like not part of him but like the shape of his mask is very much the shape of his face now um and sindel the the motherfucking queen um really good look at mortal kombat 1 always fun to check out updates on that also motaro if you know who that is a fucking um cameo character as is shujinko and shujinko is a really fucking cool character that hasn't been touched since mortal kombat deception well armageddon because it had everybody but shujinko was like the player character he was invented for mortal kombat deception on like the gamecube xbox and ps2 and he's a character that you played the single player game with which was like this weird action rpg kind of set in an open world in mortal kombat and you ran around as this dude as like a kid and then as a teenager then as an adult all the way up to being like a fucking old ass man and the old man version of shujinko is now a cameo fighter in the game which i think is really cool too some cool ties there to the 3d era of mortal kombat in mortal kombat 1 which is awesome because that's my i, I played the original mortal kombat stuff all the way up through trilogy no doubt but i have a real soft spot for like Deception, Deadly Alliance, and Armageddon, that little trilogy that they had right there in the center on that PS2 era. So nice to see that stuff getting some love. Um, we got another trailer for Lords of the Fallen. You guys both in on that? Yep. Maybe. It depends on how hot my friends are on it. I know a couple yeah. people that are planning on picking it up, and if they're really hot on it, I probably will to join them. But if they're mediocre, not feeling like they're going to stick with it, I don't know that I'll yeah. pick it up. If this thing comes out in reviews at like nines, then maybe I start to look at it a little more seriously. But for right now, I'm just kind of holding my breath. I'm not positive. On your end, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, I uh, I plan on playing it. It's more horror esque Dark Souls. Um, I didn't play the first. Did you see any of the hands on Um, stuff from the last week? No, I have not. Like six days ago, there was a 
preview embargo lifted. People got hands-on on it, and there's some interesting stuff going on with, like, the mechanics in the game and, like, transporting between realms or worlds within yeah. the thing. That seems like a really interesting mechanic that people were, like, red hot on, so... Yeah, it's oh, got the, the different there. worlds, which is very interesting to me. Um, which it almost has, like, a... Um, not necessarily Sekiro, um, how the deaths work in Sekiro, how you can die twice in Sekiro, but this, instead of dying, you just go to a different world, which is very cool um, that I intend on trying out. Yeah. Hell yeah. Really cool shit. Um, I was really into the trailer that they showed for... I feel like we got the best trailer that we've seen so far for um, Tekken 8. Which is super fucking exciting. Uh, Tekken 8 obviously has been shown off a million times at this point, but Harada came out and I think most importantly gave us the release date. And I think in a very wise move in a year where we have Street Fighter 6 that is like the reigning champion of fucking fighting games for the first time in a long time, and then Mortal Kombat 1 on the horizon, this game isn't launching until January. It's January 26th for Tekken 8. Um, they also showed off like uh, something very similar to the Battle Hub, but you're gonna make kind of like a cute little, uh, I don't know, maybe looking avatar, which is pretty rad. <laughs> pretty cool stuff. Um, so a lot to look forward to for Tekken 8, and another really good showing like a story mode trailer that showed off like each and every one of the 32 fucking announced characters for this roster, which is truly nuts. So, um, a little bit more time to go, so we probably won't hear from Tekken 8. They'll probably go into like a a little bit of a cooldown mode over these next two months, and then come late December, early January, it'll kick into hyperdrive for press on this stuff for sure. Uh, Colin. Yeah. Or Solace. Solace? 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 Fort Solace. Um, actually, I have some notes about this real quick. Um, this is a game, it's got Roger Clark, known for Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2, and Troy Baker, known for uh, Joel in The Last of Us, and a ton of other stuff. And wearing um, bad hats and being weird and not wearing well, socks with uh, shoes. Well, actually, hold on. Hold your horses. Troy Baker was not wearing a hat. Roger Clark was wearing a hat. I think Roger Clark that, took that hat the, off of Troy Baker's head. The hat rolls were reversed. No, Troy's hair was too good to be wearing a hat previously. Troy's hair's never good. It was far too good to be wearing a hat <laughs> before that. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so Fort, Fort Solace... Um, they talked about Roger Clark said he saw Troy Baker's butthole. Um, oh, such a but, weird moment. <laughs> but he didn't actually see his butthole. It was where Troy like jumped in, into a wall and put a hole in it with his butt. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a it was an interesting <laughs> it was an interesting conversation. But uh, I have this game downloaded on my PlayStation. I will be doing a full playthrough on my YouTube. It is space horror type stuff. Um, not much is known about this game actually in terms of the story and what's actually going to happen. Um, want to know what so, I know about it? It's Metacritic score sitting at a 60. That's okay. <laughs> I, uh, so I actually, I have a tweet about this game a couple months ago. Um, the tweet was, uh, oh God, let me find it. Talk about this game while I find this tweet. Cause it's actually, nobody cool. wants that. I, I'm just curious what the game. Is what is this first third person? What's like? I believe the gameplay is more similar to Life is Strange than anything in terms of what you can interact with in the okay. world and right. how you're 
kind of on rails, but not really. Um, I have a tweet a couple months ago that says, I'm confident this game will release with a Metacritic score of like 65, but I will play it and love it anyways. Um, Who said that? So, you? I said that. I tweeted nice. this on, uh, on, June, <laughs> on June 6th. I tweeted uh, it on June it 6th. on X at Colleen, K-A-U-L-I-N-E yeah, on X. Yes, underscore. Don't forget the underscore. Underscore. Um, but yeah, if you're curious about this game and you don't want to pay, I think it was 30 bucks, which isn't bad, um, just uh, watch my playthrough. It'll be coming out very soon. Or come back here next month. Or both. Yeah. Or both. Do both. Uh, all right, you weirdos. Talk to me about fucking... Expeditions, a mud runner game. Oh, I'm excited. All I had, I, to, they had me at mud runner game. That's all. <laughs> Boy, I, I tell you, I cannot wait to pull my big old Cummins pickup truck into the country and I'm going to be tugging them loads like you ain't never seen before. See, Cummins I, uh, is just an engine, they don't make the whole truck. I, but I said the coming the Cummins in my truck, sir. Uh, okay, I thought I just heard the Cummins truck. Well, you you are mistaken. I, the I'm only sorry one to coming say. in my truck. Uh, is me. <laughs> uh, 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 I I uh, I played SnowRunner. I missed MudRunner, but uh, I played SnowRunner, and it's a very. You don't light. even know about the original, the real. No, original. I, I, well, I passed MudRunner. Yeah, there was one before MudRunner. Yes. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't heard. Spin about that. tires is the very oh, first that's... game made using the engine that runs Mud Runner and Snow Runner. Okay, that wow. that game is caught up in a very long, lengthy, and storied legal battle um, hmm. that I do not know all the specifics of. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I I think this is like the perfect podcast game. It's like slow, and you can relax while you're playing it, but it's got like fun progression um like built buying the next winch for your truck to where you can pull yourself out of something yeah. from further away or something it's it's very fun it's just a relaxing I, game i see jake rolling his eyes over there just the fucking let me quote the standalone quote of like it's just great progression like buying the winch so i can pull myself out of stuff better it's just so fun it's great. It's not explaining uh, it well. And, uh, well, you see, oh, it's similar Lord. to uh, what Stubbs was on about earlier in the Motorfest. Is I play it because I like to pull big trailers real slow through mountain ranges, <laughs> and Stubbs plays it because he likes to adjust his differential on his truck and make sure he's yeah. got the precise amount of torque. Uh, and pound foot of towing or whatever. Um, you almost, it's pound feet of torque. <laughs> damn, I was so close. I was so close. Um, to set the stage for my excitement for this game, I have 300 hours of SnowRunner on Epic Store on PC. I have oh, another shit. 100 hours of SnowRunner on Steam on PC. I own SnowRunner on Switch. I own SnowRunner on PlayStation. I also own MudRunner and Spin Tires on PlayStation. And I've probably put about 40 or 50 more hours into SnowRunner on Xbox console through Game Pass. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. You play so it more than day I do. one expeditions. 
easy. I, I all I had to do was hear this game existed, and I immediately sent it to three friends who were already planning our day one to go and play these <laughs> games. Like, this is so ridiculously up my alley. It's not fine. This is I talked about niche games. This is niche gaming, people. All right, yeah, I get it. Sure. Not, ev- this, not everyone yeah. is in for Expeditions, a Mud Runner game, but I the people who are in for it will sink several hundred hours <laughs> yeah. into just drive in their jeeps or their broncos i i kind of like that this one looks like it might be a little bit more leaning towards some of the scout vehicles being more useful with the expeditions part because a lot of like in snowrunner snowrunner is the most gamified one which is why now i'm really genuinely excited i I picked up spin tires because it was something i wanted in video games i wanted off-roading realistic physically in video games spin tires is not a video game it is like a proof of concept for the engine mud runner is kind of the same thing it doesn't have progression paths and missions to complete it's more just like a proof of concept for the engine snow runner is the first one where it's really a video game you have progression and missions to complete and things as a levels to to unlock that let you buy higher level equipment and yes i mean yeah it's buying a new winch but you're arguing with yourself every time you learn this well the base winch does this i could get the winch that has a longer tow rope or the winch that pulls harder or yeah. I could get the winch that'll work even when my truck's not off, but that actually pulls a little bit weaker because it only works on battery power. But I usually need my winch when my truck's flipped over. You know, I don't like it's when the engine won't run when it's flipped. so. There's a lot of things to consider. It's not just oh, picking the most expensive winch and now you have the best one. You're you're deciding how you're kidding these things out. I think that's yeah. where a lot of the fun fun comes in. Um, and in games like this, it's 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 almost less about how you set up the motor and more about how you have the transmission set up and which transmission you have in there and and how you have the differential set up and locking or not. It, 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 this stuff here, the metal detecting, I like the echo sounder that we're seeing in the video here right now. Like there's it looks like they're adding even more objectives to complete that aren't just bring thing from point A to point B through terrain. It looks yep. like they're trying to have more variety to not necessarily the gameplay the gameplay is that but more variety to the objectives within that gameplay that i'm very excited about yeah and i i learned more about how trucks work through snowrunner than i have through real life and like what's important in towing like a lot of weight over x incline with this much mud or resistance or stuff like that um so it's pretty cool yeah, it's very cool. I just, when are we doing the Ryan Teaches Automotive podcast? Because we oh. can start anytime. <laughs> that new should series. Be, you two should get together when Expeditions comes out and go fucking like so in depth. I wonder what the fucking crossover I is. Actually like call deep diving. YouTube series, you and me on some Expeditions. That would actually be great. I think that would be really funny. That would be fun. Yeah. Except For I sure. think you'd get really pissed at me because I'd be like, oh. <laughs> And then he'd be like, no, I feel like like a stream where like if Colin was like on the sticks and Stubbs was just running through and trying to like explain how this shit works or what you should do here or something like that could be some really interesting shit. We're going to play co-op and half the series is going to be <laughs> half the series is going to be you pulling me out of the mud or <laughs> out of a, a crevice that I've fallen into. The series just becomes me following you to deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that would be, I think that'd be really fun. Actually. That'd be, that, that's a good, we'll put that on our list. Yeah. Here to hear first. Uh, my turn. 
Sonic Superstars, baby! I am it. so fucking hyped off Sonic Superstars. I do think, I feel like I can't bring it up without being a little bit disappointed that Sonic Superstars does not have online multiplayer. I just don't know any actual Sonic fans who have three friends who also like Sonic in real life. I just don't think that they fucking exist. I don't um, know any Sonic fans that have three friends. That's that's I tough, Jake. <laughs> I know that's, two Sonic fans I'm in my friend saying, I get it. Like, two is good. I've got zero. <laughs> but, uh, you know, online I could put together a fucking four stack. No problem. No problem. I got yeah. digital friends that would come through for me. No doubt. Um, but they showed off some really cool stuff in multiplayer, some creative character stuff. And then most importantly, they announced the release date, which is super exciting. So, um, October 17th, it's coming out at a really good time. Three days before Mario. That's sarcasm, baby. Uh, fucking terrible timing. Terrible timing. Well, um, what was it to... last year? Um, Sonic Frontiers came out the same day or the day before God of War Ragnarok? God of War, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I played and I played yeah. Sonic over God of War. <laughs> what a madman. I did a full playthrough of Sonic on stream. It was sick as fuck. Speaking of Sonic Frontiers, uh, they announced Sonic Frontiers DLC. So that's coming out uh, September 28th, which is really fucking exciting. It's a month from now. It's free DLC, but it's story-based DLC, and it has three additional playable characters. You can play as the characters from Sonic Superstars, basically. Knuckles, Amy, and Tails which is, I think, really cool. But it's full-on story DLC expansion pack. It's a reason to re-download that game and to play it again, which I am looking for an excuse to do because Sonic Frontiers is the best 3D Sonic game since Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. on it. Really good shit. So, exciting time to be a Sonic fan. But that's always. We just need more. just need more of you. Um, Modern Warfare 3 is an interesting video game that I'm terrified of. You guys tell me what you thought. I I think it looks cheap. I don't know if that's the right word, but it is cheap. And and what we've seen they uh the the mission that they showed us was the gulag um which it looks ripped directly out of Verdansk, the uh old uh Warzone map. Yeah. It looks like they just pulled it directly out of there, upresed it maybe a little bit, and then added rain effects. Um yeah. looks like the exact same layout. And then um when they they talk about like open world missions, I'm sure it's just gonna be chunks of the new Warzone map that they stick into the campaign. Um and then they talk about open world zombies, which is literally just gonna be the Warzone map with zombies and it's like mm-hmm. and then not to I mention that the like multiplayer maps are all remakes of all original remakes maps of modern warfare 2 maps which is fine on one hand like that's what people like they like those better than the new maps but still it's yeah. like it just feels cheap it's like it does they, it feels like a cash in and this is the game that was supposed to be dlc it's supposed to be the uh, yeah and they the tacked yeah. on a 70 dollar fucking price tag and called it modern warfare for three and i think it's got it smells like stink yeah. and i hope that people are disappointed in it if it comes out and it is subpar yeah but i i am upset that activision has forced sledgehammer into working on modern warfare because personally i was a big fan of what sledgehammer used to do because they did Advanced Warfare, which I thought was great. 
They did World War II, which I also thought was great. They they try new things in terms of gameplay in the campaign and in terms of game modes on multiplayer. They had like um I don't remember what it was called, but they had a game mode where you would like uh I think it's just called like war or something and you were progressing through a long map and kind of capturing objectives and moving down the map and then another team was trying to prevent it. Um it's kind of like breakthrough in Battlefield, but um Call of Duty version. But I, I wish Sledgehammer was allowed to do stuff that wasn't Modern Warfare. I wish they were they would release them back into letting them be more creative. I'm really interested in what becomes of Activision Blizzard properties under the watchful eye of Phil Spencer. Uh, I wonder much. how separate it will be and how much will change. But I, I hope it's something because it's there's just weird shit going on behind the scenes there all the time with like the way that they yeah. handle their development companies where just the all hands on deck with call of duty isn't working right. There's always people complaining about it. And I wonder what the correct solution is. And I think that the answer is likely lengthier development times. I think that call of duty needs to do what assassin's creed just went and did where they were like, you know what? No, no more yearly. Like we need a fucking year off. They tried, they were so close to making it happen this time around. Um, but there's been that weird stuff going on behind the scenes. I mean, it was like, what was it? Emron Khan was talking about it or was it? No, it was a uh, fucking Schreier. Schreier. It was Jason Schreier talking about Schreier. the internal plans of like the next three or four years of Call of Duty and exclusivity and all that. And yeah. this was supposed to be the year off and it's obviously not panning out that way. It's just, I don't know. Something's got to give. I would like Call of Duty to come out and have a game that reviews and says like this game is like a 10 like modern warfare yeah call of duty 4 modern warfare is a 10 that's a 10 yeah yeah it's a fucking awesome video game i would even Dude. argue that world of war is like a nine point world at war is like a 9.5 like there are good call of black duty ops games from back black in the day. ops 2 yeah very yeah. very good shit i would love for a call of duty game to come out and be like they just redefined what call of duty is you've got to play this video game and Do you i want to know my theory? interested i think there was reports that it was going to be the year off and it was just going to be a big expansion for modern warfare two. Um, and all well and good, but we're getting near the end of the Microsoft acquisition. We're getting near the end of the PlayStation marketing deal. I wonder if there's something on the back end where PlayStation was encouraging a full whole new title versus an in-game expansion. Um, so then that kind of led them to push towards the full game um, and then they said, well, crap, we don't have enough to put a full game together. We've got to reuse all these things in the past, such as the old maps that they've got to remaster, which still isn't fast, but it's faster than making new maps and testing them. And then, like, if you watch the trailer, the gulag where, that they are infiltrating in this trailer that's playing, it looks exactly like it did in Warzone. I spent yeah. so much time landing there. Um, dying there. I landed there so often and died. Um, but I I wonder if there's something where PlayStation was encouraging a full new title before the acquisition or something weird like that. And then Mm. there's also new messaging from, from Activision where they're like, yeah, actually we never planned to take a year off, but we know they did. Like there's validated reports about that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, something stinks. Something stinks. Something Interested does. to see it. I would love for this game to come out and get like a fucking fifty on Metacritic. Like that. That would be the the sweetest thing. Like I want to see one of the. As much as I want another ten, I want a five. I want a five bad. <laughs> Show yeah, me a really yeah. bad Call of Duty. That'd be funny to me. Um, moving from one event to an equally important event that wraps it on Gamescom. Let's talk about the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival. Let's make some noise. Who's excited? Subs, Colin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm obviously over the moon. These only happen once every two years, but they happen on the on years uh, sequentially. So they're actually like really cool the way that they do this, where they come through and at the Fan Fest, it starts off in North America, then it goes to Europe, then it goes to Japan. I think it's in that order. It might go north america then japan then europe but either way there's three fan fests and they're in like kind of rapid succession like there's another one in a couple of months where they'll have another update on the game and the fan fest is very much their final fantasy 14 convention so you know people gather there's cosplay there's concerts there's uh panels the whole nine yards this is where the people for this mmo go it's the blizzcon for final fantasy 14 in particular not all of final fantasy but fan fest happened it was the first in-person fan fest since 20. 19 i don't know it's been a long time there was obviously a digital one during the covid times but for a while it's been off the table and they announced uh final fantasy 14 dawn trail which is super fucking exciting i won't go too far into like existing final fantasy 14 lore but what it sounds like is to put it in destiny terms it sounds like the we just got final fantasy 14 endwalker which was the fourth expansion which is the final shape of yes final fantasy 14 where it kind of put an end cap on a story that had been building since a realm reborn final fantasy 14 2.0 like uh, basically from launch till now that story has kind of come to a close and we've been very much just like treading water and patch content still since and the the vibes on fucking dawn trail are so immaculate it is very much um hey you saved the world let's go on a vacation doesn't that sound fun like we are going to like an uncharted island that is very far away from eorzea which is the world that we have come to know and love oh yeah i think i don't know if it still counts as eorzea but either way it's way off the beaten path and it is very much like a new start for uh your warrior of light your your character and the group of people that he rolls with primarily so super exciting cool to see slim on details of what is going to actually be included this fan fest kind of included a lot of like similar to your destiny event today there was a lot of like here's what it looks like getting there this is the next like season of content if you will uh this is all the patch stuff that you can look forward to they're doing a big graphical overhaul where they're pulling support for like uh uh, some versions of the game on earlier consoles and uh some lower end pcs won't be able to run it so every character model in the game is going to look a lot better and then what will happen next is at the next fan fest they will dig in a little bit deeper to the systems of dawn trail they'll announce the new subclasses uh people are guessing that it's kind of got like a pirate theme so they think maybe corsair would make sense as a class which could be pretty cool like a kind of a little sword sword wielding maniac could be really fun but really exciting shit. um and obviously just a jolly fucking trailer nobody does 
trailers like Final Fantasy 14. That'll be so fucking cool. Um, I think that's all I have to say about Dawn Trail for now. You're gonna hear me talk about it a lot over the next couple of years until it comes out. Um, which Yay. I think it did get like a uh, windowed release date. It's like summer of 2024. So, good stuff. Um, speaking of events, there was a Pokemon Presents that was honestly pretty underwhelming, but they did deep dive into the Scarlet and Violet DLC two pack. Um, either of you guys play Scarlet and Violet? Yeah, of course, nope. Stubbs. Did I play Scarlet? Scarlet. Uh gotta rank them all, which actually just a couple weeks ago had its season one finale. We ranked all current Pokemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, but guess what? They fucking can't stop themselves <laughs> adding more. You're damn right. Um <laughs> and there's like already between these two expansions, there's like at least ten new Pokemon coming. Yeah, yeah. There, I, we've seen a good handful. Honestly, I, I haven't sat down and watched this whole Pokemon Presents. Life's just been busy. I've I've seen bits and in, in yeah. uh, pieces, and I've seen the pictures of a lot of the new Mons that they've shown, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't watched it start to finish. So um, it's pretty good. Honestly, um, DLC for Pokemon games is a problem for me because I didn't I didn't find the follow through. I bought them, but I did not find the follow through to actually play the DLC for uh, Gen Eight in the Gala region. So. I'm probably going to drop the money on this, but am I going to find the time for it? I, I don't know. You got to do it. That fucking time that I spent, re- I had left off in Sword and Shield right before the Elite Four. I was like, ah, I can go beat the game now, and I just kind of never picked it up and did. And then I went back, and I was like, oh, I never finished that game. And I sunk like three or four hours into the end game stuff. I beat the Elite Four and caught the Legendary. And I was like, I like this. I want more Pokemon. And I was able to go and buy the expansion packs one and two, and then go experience like an extra 20 hours of Pokemon story content that ended up being really, really good. I liked that DLC way more than I liked the base game story of, um, sword and shield for sure. So I don't know. I'm not over the moon about the stuff that I've seen so far for Scarlet and Violet, the secret treasure of area zero, but, uh, I don't have much time to decide because they announced the release date of the first pack, uh, which is called the teal mask. And it comes out on September 13th. So it's only, uh, three weeks away or so. God, so, yeah, it's so freaking close. There were a couple other announcements too. They showed off some stuff for um, Pokemon Sleep and Pokemon Go and all that stuff. But I think most predominantly, the other thing to talk about from this event was the shadow drop, if you will, of Pokemon Trading Card Game for the Game Boy Color and Pokemon Stadium Two for the Nintendo sixty four for Switch Online subscribers. Pretty cool. And those yeah, games that's fun to slap. see. Uh, they haven't added any. No, they haven't had anything for GameCube yet through that service. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. No, we're charging $40 for remasters, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, we can't be feeding you fucking free Metroid Remake Prime Gale of Darkness then. God suckers. damn it. <laughs> I know. Coliseum at least. Let us live. It's crazy. But uh, not bad. Other weird things going on in Nintendo. I think that's it for uh, events, but the announcement of the retire the verbiage is a little weird on this um but the announcement that charles martinet 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 never knew never never ever got it right um will no longer be voicing mario starting motherfucking immediately which is crazy to me it really 
kind of it kind of fucks me up man <laughs> like that's one of those things that like your childhood is defined by and then life has to happen of course and it breaks your childhood a little bit yeah it does like, like that's been the voice of mario for all of my life and i understand that life's going to happen that voice isn't always going to be the same but it does not uh, change how effective it is to me and my my nostalgia regardless yeah yeah it's um it's a crazy series of events and i really want to i want to read this because it's it, it uh, it's a little weird it doesn't feel like retirement i don't know whose decision it was charles responded to it and said on to the next adventure it doesn't sound like this guy is done doing voice work i don't know why it went down this way obviously you look to the Mario movie and Chris Pratt and maybe they want to go in a different direction. It just doesn't seem right. Um, Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario and Nintendo games for a long time as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. This is like Shigeru Miyamoto fellow of Nintendo. They just make up roles yeah. for people. Um, yeah. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It has been an honor working with Charles to help him bring Mario to life for so many years. We want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date, which I assume will be at a Nintendo Direct or uh, something similar to that, maybe for this Nintendo event that's coming up during like PAX West. Um, they'll find a way to Can show Can I just it say, after the Mario movie, when Mario Wonder, is that the new one? Whenever right. the trailer released for it, People were like, oh, yeah, that sounds like the Mario I know and love. He's back, baby. And just mm. like hating on the Mario movie. And I, I was I never said it because I don't know nothing about Mario. But I was like, does that sound like Mario? Really? Um, sure. But to all those people that were like, oh, yeah, he's back. You were wrong. It sounds <laughs> more wrong. like and Mario I want you than to know you were Pratt wrong. did. That's he for does sure. sound like more like Mario than Pratt did. But. But it just you sounds like somebody doing a Mario impression. Why not have the it's, guy do it? I, something stinks, man. I don't know. I don't know. My my hope is that something's not wrong with Charles. Um, that that'd be like the old. biggest fear. Chances are is something is a, wrong. He's an older gentleman, and uh, you know you don't want to even bring that kind of nonsense into the world. But if something was, he's the type of guy who wouldn't want to say. I'm sick with blah blah blah. It's been a good ride, but I gotta step back. Um, he's the type of person that would. You know, unfortunately, yeah, and you know, it's one day he will not be the voice of Mario, regardless of where he's at now. True. Now might be the best time to swap it over because they saw the reception to Chris Pratt as not that bad. So mm. they're like, "Well, they were testing the water. The water's fine. It's time to move on." You will be cherished and missed. It's really fucked up. Um, yeah, he did a great yeah, job. Uh, but I hope that he can do something cool as Ambassador uh, Mario Ambassador. I don't know what the fuck that means, but you know what? The other thing, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that as um, great as he is as the voice of Mario, I feel like we're going to get a great Mario impersonator. Whatever happens next with Mario's voice, especially in games, is going to be fine. I really worry about the voice of Wario. You know what they Wario is distinct, man. You know who's really good at voices? Justin Roiland. I'm Bro, sure they I thought get you were about Roiland to say uh, fucking what's his name from Fort Solis? 
lose my mind, bro. Troy Baker? Troy, Troy Baker is Mario. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking Yahoo! the uh, cowpoke guy is fucking Wario. I would die. I would die. I wouldn't be a fucking Nintendo uh, fan anymore. That would be so great. I would love curse. to see that. So curse. Um, let's talk about some weird-ass Xbox news. Let's not spend all day talking about this because I'm already so sick of it. But there's some weird stuff going on. Obviously, uh, the FCC said FTC said good to go in America, which made Xbox put Microsoft put the fucking pedal to the metal on all the places that it got declined. So to combat the CMA in Europe that had previously blocked the deal, um, they have reached out with a new restructuring plan that includes giving the Activision Blizzard cloud streaming rights of all of their games to Ubisoft, not only to bring to Ubisoft Plus, but to do with these rights as they please and bring them to other streaming services, such as NVIDIA GeForce Now, which is now confirmed to be getting fucking all of Game Pass's games. It's a wild little series of fucking events. On top of this, Microsoft has eliminated Xbox Live. No longer does Xbox Live exist. It's Xbox Game Pass Core that comes with like a little selection of fucking video games. So the terminology Xbox Live is basically dead, which is sad to see something like that go. I know it's just, uh, you know, the functionality is still there, but that title Xbox Live got me into online gaming in earnest. I got that original starter pack and had just the best time with it on my original Xbox, hopping online for a console for a first time for the most part. Um, But it felt like a changing of the guard. Um... Game Pass Core, available now. And then, last but not least, Xbox 360 Store going offline, which is wild. It's not happening until um, July 29th, 2024, so there's still almost a year left to get Xbox 360 games. But, like, I'm a weirdo who still uses their 360 a lot. Mostly it's to stream, like, quasi-retro games, like games from 15 years ago that I think are cool to stream. Like, I played... Star Wars The Clone Wars Republic Heroes on its native console the other day and it was fucking sick. Hype for the Ahsoka show which premiered 55 minutes ago. Holy fuck. That's gonna be dope. But um I don't know. I don't like... uh, I worry about that. Like it's not easy to get a lot of digital games and I think that we'll see a very similar thing happen with like when they shut down the Nintendo Wii U shops and the 3DS eShops this past year and there was kind of that outpouring of like love for these digital games that wouldn't be able to be found but also sort of like um video game journalists taking the time to go through and be like these are games that are disappearing if you want them grab them now there could be some interesting stuff going down in between now and then of like what is not going to be accessible what do i need to do to prep for this if i want to download these games locally store them and have them available to me in the future so yeah yeah it's unfortunate microsoft stuff it's yeah. Microsoft is in such Sick a wild it. flux right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of I I'm glad Microsoft is taking steps to fix their place in the gaming space. I you know, I think the gaming space is healthiest when there is good competition between, you know, everyone in the market. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but I'm a little sick of hearing about them, honestly. They've been in the news so much for, yep, for sure. all their various things, good and bad across the board. And I'm, and I'm glad when it's good and it's unfortunate when it's bad. Um, and I know it's growing pains for them. Uh, I, and I'm still going to stay, uh, you know, Game Pass subscriber till I die. So it's no, uh, no ill will. That's <laughs> for life. It's too good of a value. Too good of it a really value. Is. 
Um, let's just move on to a couple quick things. I just want to talk about the fucking great release date shuffle that just transpired. Colin and I talked oh, about wonderful. this just via text over the last uh, couple weeks of things have like come together. But basically what happened was it started with Assassin's Creed Mirage, which changed its release date from October 12th to October 5th. And that was all sort of in an effort to put some more space between it and um, Spider-Man 2. And yeah, yeah, and Super Mario Wonder, which both come out on the 20th. So smart move. At the same time, Alan Wake 2 did the same thing on the other end. They moved from October 17th, three days before Spider-Man, to October 27th, a week after Spider-Man. So it's like these little micro adjustments that people have made these it's publishers are making the decisions of to sort of space things out it's been a dense year for video games and if they can give a little bit of breathing room for some of these big titles to exist and have even if it's just a week that week to shine and not be overshadowed three days later by just gigantic first party titles i think it's better for alan wake um and then it's all kind of on the back of like Baldur's gate kind of started it this year a little well no dead island 2 dead started island it this two. year dead island yeah two, yeah and then Baldur's Gate just did their little mini shuffle where they pushed the PC game up a week and then moved the console version oh, a month. back three weeks. Was it a month? They pushed oh, it up oh, okay. like a full month. I got it yeah, the other yeah, way around. Then, okay. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, just being flexible with this, like just being realistic with their release dates and not just sticking to these fucking things, even though that they're like far out. Like WrestleQuest came out today. It was supposed to come out two weeks ago. The day before it was supposed to release, they found a game-breaking bug that was releasing, um, that was allowing save data to get corrupted and they made what must have been an extremely difficult decision for their digital only game to say it's not coming out tomorrow sorry it's coming out in fucking 15 days which is wild and a little bit unprecedented and it probably speaks to the quality of the game a little bit that this game breaking <laughs> bug was still there uh the day before launch day but the right decision to delay it i mean uh, yeah absolutely the user experience yeah. of being like ah, i gotta wait a little longer versus holy fuck i just lost my 20 hour save in this rpg are much different yeah. um feelings to have yeah and it's kind of a flex for spider-man to be like yeah i had two games move <laughs> to avoid yeah. me because uh, that's going to be a big game, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, well, you know what sure. game really needs to learn that lesson? Horizon. Oh, oh God, yes. Seriously, they <laughs> truly do. Yeah, um, yeah they think and, they wear bigger pants or something. I would yeah. be remiss if we didn't mention um, in February of 2022 when a little game called Xenoblade 3 was announced for September, <laughs> which was then pushed up to July. Oh, that's a fucking crazy story two months early we got that game it came out as good as it is really dope they had to be sitting on that for a long time huh monolith soft uh, no one does like monolith soft you you do yourself a favor next time you're doubting if monolith soft is a good developer go look at everything they've touched outside of xenoblade it's fucking nuts it's like super smash brothers animal crossing and splatoon it's just like nothing but fucking nintendo hits since they were acquired it's wild uh zelda zelda of course um, of course. Here's of course. the kingdom. Open worlds, yeah. baby. Well, hey. Uh, let's get into actual release dates. So we're going to hit everything for the remainder of August, and then we're going to hit everything for September. And these are quick. We're just yeah. going to run through them. Real quick. Let's see. We have Armored Core 6, which is coming out 25th. It's this Friday. It's just around the corner. Are yeah. either of you guys getting that? I want to, but it might not be in the budget for right now. 
I gotta see how it reviews. It's a busy season, man. Yeah, I don't know. Everything I see from the gameplay doesn't make me think it'll be my kind of game. It looks too fast paced for the kind of game I like. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I might be wrong, but I yeah. played Armored Core games and intense mech games. The more complicated those menus get, the more out that I am. Um, yeah. I need to see some reviews on that. If it comes out and it's getting like nines and tens, and they say this is like somewhere between the Armored Core that you remember and Dark Souls, maybe I need to get in, but I can wait. If it starts getting 8s and 8.5s, and they say, don't try it if you don't like mech games, then uh, it's an easy pass. What is not an easy pass is Sea of Stars, baby. Uh, I can't fucking wait for this. We've talked about this at length, and we're going to talk about it a lot on the next episode of Game List, because everybody and their mother should be playing this. Not only can you get it on PC or Switch, you can get it for free if you have a PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium account, or Game Pass day and date on both big consoles yeah. on august 29th subs you in on sea of stars uh time as long if i can make the time for it you know Same. how far am i in my Baldur's gate safe yeah, <laughs> yeah i get it i get it yeah. um, um i mean I, i'm it, gonna be very very in it should be noted as well um moving out two came out day and date on playstation yeah Plus. it did it was so. like on the like 15th or something like that yeah pretty cool um Goodbye, Volcano High. You get into this, yeah. I, at the very least, am very excited for this soundtrack to drop. Like this game, the, this game is about you know pe- the the anthropomorphic humans in a band going through high school, growing up, moving on, changing them uh, story. It's you know it's one of going to be a touching story game, I'm sure. But rhythm elements and the music, you know, give me a game with good music, I'm in cassette beasts. <clears throat> uh, give me a game with good music, and I'm in a lot of the time. So. Uh, if for nothing else, I know the soundtrack in this game is going to slap. Hell yeah. Um, that's the same day as Sea of Stars. That's August 29th. On August 31st, we have the um, Dimension Shellshock expansion for Shredder's Revenge, a game that I technically don't own. I got it on Game Pass, and it's still now available. Oh, yeah. It's on PlayStation Plus, but the DLC is 8 bucks, and I had such a good time with it that I feel like I'm going to just buy the DLC to play we, with my we free copy together, of the game. We played that yeah, we beat that game on stream with six fucking people. It was sick as hell. That was crazy. I dressed up as April. You I had did. a red wig. You did. What a champion. That's on YouTube.com slash at Jake Twitchin. Go to AmazingStreamer.com and you too can watch Colin in a wig and me in a Survivor buff being Leonardo. It was fucking sick. Um, yeah. Then next up is Starfield and Baldur's Gate both coming out on the 6th of september crazy fucking day crazy um, if i had to play Baldur's gate on console i would probably die because i'm so excited for for starfield <laughs> well that's exactly it. where i'm at um <laughs> and i think i'm just gonna have to like turn Quit. off that part of my brain like i <laughs> yeah i want to play starfield so bad because skyrim has been one of the most influential games of my life yeah and yep. um i I can't. Like, just can't. Get it. Not um, yet. But we'll see. Uh, Starfield, we'll have impressions on next time we are live. Uh, the day after, on 7th, is Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is the mobile gotcha game, but based on the story of the original Final Fantasy VII, VII Remake, Advent Children, Before Crisis, Ever Crisis, fucking uh, so Crisis confusing. Core. It's it's gonna be bonkers. It's going to bankrupt me. I will play a very lot of it. Um, I will tell you guys all about it. It's gonna be a weird one to talk about, but I'm really excited to dive in. Like ridiculously excited. Oh, real quick, 
Do you remember when this game and the first soldier, the uh, battle Royale game were announced at the same event and then first soldier came out and Mm -hmm. died before this Mm -hmm. game ever even came out. Yeah. I remember pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I spent like 50 bucks on first soldier and now it just doesn't exist. Just doesn't exist. Yeah. I did have a sweet polygonal cloud skin. That's what matters. The game was fucking sweet. As long as you had fun. Can't take away those memories or those hours. Um, we talked about this they a little bit on the, <laughs> yeah, they can. On the thirteenth, <laughs> Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC one, uh, the Teal Mask comes out. Uh, Bat and Kaitos one and two remastered. Monolith Soft, old Monolith Soft before they were first party Nintendo, putting out Nintendo games. Yeah. Bat and Kaitos one and Origins, both um coming out HD remasters for the Switch exclusively on the fourteenth, the same day. The Crew Motor Fest comes out with its free to play trial so many i hope games. to see all of you there yeah it's wild we're just getting started because on the 19th mortal kombat 1 comes out we've talked about that at length but on the same day as mortal kombat 1 is lies of p which is the oh, potentially the best souls like that's ever existed that's not a souls game um i liked the demo from what i played of it i'll i might check out the full version I, it's the uh... right price I was certainly unimpressed by the demo, and you're talking to a oh, guy who no has a shit. Bloodborne tattoo, so I'm the target audience for this game. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be interesting to see how this game does and how it reviews, but it's on Game Pass, oh. and that's a huge point in its right direction. Two days later, yeah. also on Game Pass, Payday 3, which is fucking insane. Um, Can I just on the say, t- God. Uh, this game looks bad. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be bad. Payday 2 I'm going to play the fuck out of it. The oh, trailer know. from Game Awards it looked bad. Gamescom, yeah. Or not the Game Awards, from Opening Night Live. Ice-T introed it, though, and he knows something about stealing, according to him. So, yeah. pretty cool. Oh, hey. um, Subs, do you have DLC? anything to say about uh, Payday 3? It looked like you were on the edge of insulting oh, it as well, possibly? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely would go on the, the insult side. It, I don't know. Payday 2 never looked interesting. I heard bad things about support on PC for Payday 2. and uh, Yeah. Mm uh okay. not but game pass i know people want to play on game pass so i'll probably throw at least a couple hours at it See, that's the thing the problem... is that i was just I gonna just... say it's such an easy fucking four player pickup for me on game pass with my group of homies that are all game pass gamers like it's the yeah. new game that came out that weekend it's four player multiplayer shooting game like we're gonna fucking play it together and see what's going on yeah i guess my problem my big problem with this game is it's another persistent online game only um mm-hmm you should be able to play this game alone offline like you could payday too does it seem like oh i don't i don't even know enough about what payday is to understand that cuz i would have been like why would i want to play this game offline um cyberpunk dlc phantom liberty exciting very exciting oh yeah 26 like are you guys overhaul complete you guys overhaul 2.0 you guys care about yeah. this yeah yes. i'm going to yeah. play this absolutely i'm going to be touching this yeah, this is a complete overhaul to the stat system, to a lot of the game mechanics. Like, this is Perks. like Cyberpunk Two, almost. Yeah. Like it's uh-huh. a huge overhaul to the game, and not only to the expansion, but to the base <laughs> game as well. Hey, I don't know, man. I feel like Cyberpunk is always going to have a fucking stench on it. Like they fucked that launch so hard that I know that there are going to be people that are passionate about it, but I feel like the general consensus on Starfield on Cyberpunk forever is going to be that bad launch. 
Yeah, I I mean, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Like yeah. if they're if they're willing to put in the effort to to overhaul these things, I already bought the game. They're not charging me anything more. Like I might yeah. as well uh and and I don't know free? if I'll no, no, you, but the update oh, is the 2.0 the update, update for stuff. Oh. Yeah, you don't get the story content, but like all the stuff that they're changing about the, the game it. is coming to I have account. I have Cyberpunk. I just never played it. I bought it on launch day. I pre-ordered it and you it showed up in my house and I said, oh, I forgot that the, I fucking did this. Oh, I'm lying. You I tried play it. The 2.0. I played it for like an hour and a half on stream like a year after it came out. I think you should try it after the 2.0 update and see if the changes appeal all to right. you. I'm gonna give you a coupon, and when you think that's a coupon, <laughs> coupon. you're getting a whole coupon book at this point. Uh, yeah, I need to start adding. Um, there's a really weird Dragon Quest game coming out that is it's Infinity Strash Dragon Quest: The Adventure of Die, which is the Adventure of Die is an anime based on like Dragon's Quest three, four, and five, or something loosely. The story of like the Erdrick trilogy. But this game is based off the anime that's based off of those games, and it's not an RPG. It's like a hack and slash open world action art. I'm not exactly sure what to think about it, and I'm a big Dragon Quest fan. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be playing it, but that comes out on the 28th, two days after Cyberpunk, which comes out on the 26th. I'm not sure if I actually mentioned that date for Cyberpunk. A very interesting one coming out is Cocoon. That one's sneaking out. The fact that that game is just over a month away um, is interesting to me uh cocoon is um coming to game pass as well which is really exciting annapurna they don't fuck around um and cocoon is developed by the people that made what inside in limbo is that correct yes inside some of limbo, the people not the cocoon. not the same studio but it's got some of the same uh dna and developers from the right. studio Need gameplay designer uh, got yeah, it got it yeah. this game looks sure, trippy yeah. as fuck i think this is going to be one that ends up making a bunch of people's game of the year list and not many people know about it yet so really looking forward to cocoon that's on the 29th the same day as uh ea sports fc 24 this is fifa and a big I mean, deal it's everyone's game of the year people. right it's uh, to be honest it's a lot of people's game of the year, but it's because all yes, they do is buy fucking true. FIFA every Only year. Only FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder... prints money internationally. Do you guys think the sales of this game are going to be affected by the, the name change? If people, think, uninformed people, are going to like go and be like, what is this off-brand FIFA game? If if FIFA had been on their game with like the world the winning winning eleven or whatever team who they are now going to be using the FIFA name if they would have gone up against it if it was like a FIFA thing where it was like two K versus NBA Live in like two thousand seven or something like that then maybe yeah. there would have been a chance that the sales for FIFA would be impacted but with the way that the marketing is going to work out and the fact that the fifa name is not attached to a different video game that is available within the same time yeah. frame i think fc as long 24 as they, is as successful as fifa as long as they put ea sports really big people the marketing know, so. is yeah the That's marketing fair. is so good yeah. for it they know what they're I mean, doing it's in the yeah. game it's in yeah, the game. it is in the game. Everybody agrees. <laughs> like, if you like look at it at a glance, like if you close your eyes and then look at that thumbnail, like FC two four is like F I F A. Like it almost looks like like yeah. you look at that and you go, "Oh, that's the new FIFA." Even though it just has an F at yeah. the start. Like there's something that's there's fair. something to it. They know what they're fucking it's like doing. Like the same font and everything or something. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. This yeah. is not the time for a fucking complete overhaul of your visual aesthetic. This is a time to change the name as slyly as possible and continue making uh, what people seem to agree is the best soccer game that's ever been created. The beautiful yeah. game. Uh, all right. Let's call that a show. We rang in over two and a half hours on, you know, a random August episode. What yeah. do we have to plug? I mean, I've got a whole list of shit, but you can find it all at AmazingStreamer.com. I'm Jake Twitching on all fucking networks. <laughs> Colin, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Colleen underscore on YouTube. I uh, have swapped over to streaming exclusively on YouTube. Uh, but if you look me on tw- up on Twitch, you can still find a link to link to my YouTube. So Colleen underscore everywhere. Hell yeah. Stubbs. Friendly Fire Game Spot on uh, YouTube. We're 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 uh, kind of in between some content right now. Life's busy for us on the main show, and like I said, we just finished up all the Pokemon until some more get dropped oh, on yeah. us. So, uh, but I'm streaming Kingdom Hearts mostly Tuesdays when life happens for it. <laughs> been a, been for a sure. little hot on that even lately, but I started Kingdom Hearts three recently. Uh, oh boy, is that one really good? Actually, yeah, for uh, sure, <laughs> it one's really good. The road uh, and from I know, two uh, to three is tough. Bro, I went from two to all the in between. I've been playing all of the games, so like yeah. I had to do uh, what was Dream Drop Distance was the last Dream, one I really played. Dream before Drop three. Distance and Birth by Sleep, and yeah, it's Triple D's. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Birth by Sleep's not bad. Dream Drop is no. agree. Rough. <laughs> What's the one? What, Melody of Memories, Mom. Oh, that's the most recent one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll be playing that one next. Rhythm game. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on our Twitch channel, uh, Friendly Fire Pod. Uh, Tom and Tyler are always playing Wasted on Saturday, getting drunk oh, and yeah. playing something. They're currently playing Atlas Fallen, I believe. Oh, I nice. want to check that out. Very nice. They're really enjoying it, but it's a lot shorter than I think anyone realizes. It's like a 15, that's, maybe 20 hour game. That's exactly I what I want to hear. Keep on getting <laughs> Atlas Fallen and Immortals of Avium mixed up. Like if you if you showed me gameplay of both of those games and said which one's which, I'd be like, Bruh. I don't know. But I want to play movement both. looks super cool. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. The movement yeah. looks good. Yeah. Both of those games look yeah. solid. A short game like is exactly little, what I want to nice hear. Nice little AA twenty something hour romp is sometimes just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. They both remind me of like Atomic Heart in like the here's like a little double A shooty game that if you're into right we, now, we shouldn't talk about Atomic Heart. I'm still a little upset about that one. <laughs> DLC soon come, right? Can't you play more Atomic Heart? Already came and went. Wait, you gotta play it. You have theories, man. I do have theories. But evidently, the right. DLC kind of discredits everything from the main game. True. true. Uh, yeah. If you listened or watched this far, we appreciate you. We love you so much. Please click the buttons that make our brains feel good, like uh, yep. rating the podcast and giving it five stars or subscribing on YouTube. Or if you've already done that in one place, go find us in another place and uh, say hi to us on a stream or comment on a video or tell us yeah. uh, how handsome we all look collectively. If you're if you're listening on Spotify, there's actually a new feature where you can leave comments on the episode. Uh, so tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you'd like us to improve or change, and we'll take it into consideration. Easy as that. That's an episode. Anything else to add? Play Baldur's Gate.